Welcome to episode 422 of Conversation Street, Coronation Street podcast, with me, Gemma, and my very famous spouse. Hi guys, it's Michael from Conversation Street podcast. Yeah, you may recognise me from shows like Curry's Good News. Or the YouTube channel where you've just uploaded a video. I have, I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm loading to. a video at the moment, it probably won't be up by the time um, you get to listen to this, if you're very keen and eager to download. But um, yeah, there's going to be a video on there as well, in which I will feature, yeah, I, we that we've transformed our home into a movie studio this week, haven't we, Gemma? Yeah, what else did we do it for? It, oh, it, yeah, we've, so we've, it's going to be used three times. Yeah, so let's, let's <laughs> scroll back a little bit in case people don't know what the hell we're talking let's about. Let's do a record scratch. So, I was on Corrie Good News this week because it was the last one, it was so sad, I'm gutted. I really didn't. I really wanted I wasn't them expecting, to carry on doing it. Can I they not do it monthly? I know it's something. Colson, I, we I miss absolutely you love it. It was a real brilliant way to connect with fans, and Colson, we've said, is an amazing host of it. Um, he is. It he was, is fabulous. It was just brilliant, and, and, and I wasn't even though they've gone back to filming this week. I didn't think that it'd be like so. No more Corrie good news. Then the good news is we're filming. What more do you? Want? The thing is, though, they're probably really busy, and it probably I takes know, ages. I know, I know, I know. How long it takes to put things like this together? So yeah. So we appreciate all the ones that they've done. So it was ten in total they did. Yeah. So at the end of the last one, they put on social media of, oh, if anyone's got any questions or videos and they want to feature in the next one, we want it to be about the fans. It's like, yeah, go on then. So I sent in. Um, four videos of myself asking various questions and that, and they picked one about um, managing image changes um, because of obviously Coulson, his, um, his blonde hair and trim physique. Um, so they use that, so it's very, very exciting. So we, um, we, we got rid of a load of Gemma's cookbooks off the shelves in our lounge. And, and my fashion book. Yes, and replaced them with various pieces of Corrie paraphernalia from my... I'm not going to say it's a vast collection because I've seen some vast Coronation Street collections online and um, this this is pales in comparison, it's, it's can be honest. Bigger, but, but I mean, I like it. it because it, I've been reining you in over the years. You have. And it's only just recently that we've had money to spend on it, really. Yeah, but there's all, equally, there's not an awful lot of Corrie merchandise out there, is there? Not I'm hoping days. to, you know, increase this collection um, by the time the 60th yeah, comes around, maybe. Days. No, I mean, and so and I actually had to go it from all around the house because it's like, it was it was everywhere. So I got wow. my books there, I got my stamps, I got my little Corrie Street, my little model. I've got um, the painting that was sent in by one of our listeners of, uh, of the Coronation Street sign. I got my Corrie mug, I got the picture of me and you in the Rovers, got my DVDs. We need to but, move house so we can have a, a podcast studio. Yeah. But um, guys, I, I, I'm not... Yeah, those things aren't normally there. I don't want anyone to think that Gemma allows me <laughs> to display my Corrie's goods for, for, for all and sundry to see when they come round. But, you know, there's nobody's coming round at the moment. Um, it's fine to have it there. Well, so, because I need the space for it. It's a bookshelf for books. I know, I know, it is, it is. I, I'm, I'm perfectly you, you happy for to take it down. You've always been horrible to me. I remember when we first met each other, 
your mum always make fun of me for having books and she's a librarian <laughs> what's that about <laughs> so we did that we did um what was the other thing our interview with charlie Demello today yes exactly um, yes he's he's going to feature in the um you, this is double bonus episode this week guys so much we've got a middle section about cory villains cory bad guys which we haven't recorded yet so i think we're going to be going to bed a little bit late this I know, evening I'm not my happy sweet about that particularly well, you know, Get sometimes. Um, yeah, so Charlie came onto the podcast. We did a Zoom video um, interview this afternoon to talk about That's first week back at Coronation Street Studios. That's a pain in the ass. That was a pain in the ass to get. Why can't you just record a Zoom? Everyone else can. Everyone else can Why do it. You Set do it up. It? Me, Gemma, and I did a little practice one. We did a little Zoom conversation, screen record on your phone. Nope, it didn't want to do it. It's no sound because and you only want to record the videos, apparently. And now you've messed up my phone because I've got a little black sticker over the forward-facing camera on my phone because I hate the way I look so selfies. much. I don't even want to accidentally video myself. So now my little sticker's coming off. Yeah, so I, I had to keep going into another room, which means I had to keep getting off the sofa. <laughs> so we recorded the, recorded the video with screen recording on my phone and then we had Gemma's phone sitting next to it to record the audio. Then I had to splice them together. So if the if when you get around to seeing the video, the uh, the pictures and the sound don't don't quite... Um, matched together then it's to because they were not recorded together and it's down to my poor editing rubbish. skills I had to second myself and the cat into a different room because we've got a very high tech setup whereby the um, the tripod for the camera well this isn't you you bought your tripod recently didn't you is on a cat tree <laughs> yeah and the cat decided on that she really loves sitting on a cat tree now even though she hasn't been on it for about two weeks yeah so we got we got rid of her. We couldn't even shut the lounge door because, as you may remember, we have a hole in our lounge door at the moment, <laughs> which she likes to jump to through. Hell. Yeah. So there was that where you get to see me, oh. and yeah. tomorrow night, yeah, I have won one of the bids on the Coronation Street cast Zoom quiz. Oh yes, very exciting. Yes, thank you everybody. Yeah, he and, is and a patron of ours because um, yeah, so, some of yeah, it helped. It helped. Some of your money certainly is, is well, going to us. Well, we donated. That. Charity using Patreon money before, and that's what yeah. that basically was. We, yeah, we've, we've given quite a bit of to charity, actually. Well, not yeah. that, <laughs> it's just really nice to be able to do so. Well, thanks yeah. to our lovely support of Patreon. So, thank you guys. And there are a couple of you that, that upped your pledge this week as well, I've noticed yeah, as well. So, cheers you. very much. That was a nice surprise. Lovely. So, lovely, um, jubbly. still don't know exactly all the details about the I Zoom have a quiz. sneaking suspicion that it will happen and we will be forced to never speak of it. Possibly. I, I'm sure I won't even Apparently there, there are, the same room as you. There are still or... some terms and conditions that I'm yet to see. Well, I'm perfectly and happy. we're not allowed to record it, but they're allowed to record it. So it may pop up, but it won't be through me. Well, I'm going to buy myself a bottle of gin and a bottle of tonic, and I'm going to sit in the bedroom and pretend that... Um, pretend I'm free. I'm so excited. I'm really nervous, but I'm excited. And I'm super curious to know who those other two anonymouses are that bid, whether they're mind. people... That we know or not, because I don't think I recognise the other we've names. Tried, like we've I tried. Said. We've tried some. We've um, asked around. Like, does anybody? Have you? Have you? Have you uh, are you involved in this? And I was like, no. <laughs> so it's gonna be very fun. And I, it will I be, have a sneaking hope... suspicion on who one of the people is, but we're gonna have to find out. Do you? Right. you know oh yeah, I know. I know. I know who you think it is. Actually, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So uh, I'm just worried that my mind may go blank. Well, we've got... We, I'm hoping I'm go. not going to go starstruck or anything. Here you I mean, go. Here's the quiz to practice. Right, it's go good, on then. It's a good segue. You've got, you got your two quizzes, right, haven't you? come on. Go on. Uh, this is things that happen. This is our Cory quiz. Things that happen between the 8th and the 12th of June in years ending in a 0 and a 5. And I sourced everything from coronationstreet.fandom.com. I thought this was pretty 
good, decent set of questions. Well, right, you need to challenge me, Gemma. This is my final chance to... No, this isn't going to help you. 8th of June, 2015. Something goes wrong with, my, with when Michael and Eileen start to get frisky with each other, but what is it? He has a heart attack. He has a heart problem, yeah. Yeah. 9th of June, 1965. Ina Sharples goes to visit family in a foreign country, but which Oh country? my gosh, she does, doesn't she? Yeah. This she was does, right before. She does, she does. Martha dies. Because she? she gets a passport and she never gets to use it. And it was I'm, I'm going to say Canada, but I don't no, think it Canada, is. it's America. Oh, 9th of June. Same thing. 1995. Sorry. <laughs> you could have said the continent of North America. I could. 9th of June, 1995. Who does Betty turn down a proposal of marriage from and why? Billy Williams. Yeah. Why? Um, I can't remember the exact reason, even though I've literally just watched it on ITV3. He just popped into her life and... She thinks she's too old for all that kind of nonsense, no. and they won't. They won't. Uh, no, don't don't bullshit. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Gemma, there's already going to be a lot of editing um, work to do uh, in this podcast. Now I've got to put a blue pen as well. Seven, I think. Right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, because she's loyal to, to her dead husband, Cyril. which I will be. Ninth <laughs> of June, two thousand. What name does Sarah originally give her baby daughter? Brittany. Yeah. Named after Britney Spears. Oh, exactly. What a brilliant era that was. That is a deep cut question. I'm pleased with myself for that. 9th of June, 2010. What was, go- to- what was Tony Gordon's plan for the factory and what actually happens? This, this, was, this was the Britain's Got Talent Week factory week, wasn't it? Um, well, you wanted to burn it down with him and Carla inside. And? In the end, Carla got out. No, you missed out Hayley. So oh, and Hayley as well. I'll oh. give you half a point. No, I knew yeah. that Hayley was there. That Sorry. was part of the question Sorry. last week. I think we're practising for tomorrow and I think Jack P. Shepherd's going to be harsh. <laughs> yes, I, I, I got in touch with Jack P. Shepherd last weekend and I told him. And he said, if he says that, you'd have to play as well. <laughs> yeah. Right, 10th of June, 2010. What does Gail get acquitted of? 2010, uh, Joe's murder. Is, is it, in past tense, is it a quat? No. What did Gail get a quat from? No, it is not. <laughs> what were the consequences for Tracy in prison? Um, I think she got like, like done in by her, co- her cellmates. Why? Or the other, because Tracy had lied that about Gail, said that Gail had admitted she'd done it because Tracy wanted to get out of prison. She's she got beaten up for being a snitch. Yeah. Eleventh of June, nineteen eighty. Which two characters tell tell Gail to get an abortion when she finds out she's pregnant? Two characters. Yeah. One of them's no. I would Ivy have done Ivy? No, no, Ivy, Ivy wouldn't have bothered. <laughs> Why would I? Ivy would not have um, condoned an abortion. Um, gosh, I don't. Do you I, not even think of one? Brian. Yeah. Oh, oh, it was Brian's cousin. No. Zero. Oh, Audrey, it was. Unless she's also called Audrey. Oh, no. Twelfth of June, yeah. two thousand and fifteen. Which event does Jenny use to co- cover as cover to kidnap Jack Webster? The Victoria Court fire? <laughs> no. That was, was an that event? last week. What was it? She uses an event? To... I think it was related to that. Something that happened as a result of that, as a consequence. Maddie's death? No, you get zero. It's Maddie's funeral. Oh, Two, three, man, four, five, bad. six and a half. Uh, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, How Michael. Many? Four and a half. Six, Six and, and a half out of ten. Terrible, terrible. Right. Okay, quick fire. Quick fire. This is from your um, Coronation Street 150 Questions book, which fell, fell out of one of our Corrie magazines. Yeah, so I've got five questions. 
five. I thought we did ten last week. Oh, did we? You did ten last week. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. What was Rita's maiden name? Littlewood. Yep. What was the name of Ivy's first husband? Uh, it depends what canon we're going with, but I'm going to say Bert. Yep, Bert Tilsley. Um, who was Deirdre's second husband? Ken. Yeah. Who served as Rover Sullivan from 1976 to 1984? Fred G. What was Eddie Yates' CB handle? <sighs> I don't know, but I know that the girl that he was talking to was Stardust Lil. <laughs> it was Slim Jim. Slim Jim, yeah. Well, you'll remember it next time. What was Whose house was Liberty Hall during the Second World War? Elsie Tanner's. Where did Ina Shoppers work as a caretaker during the 1960s? Community Centre. Uh, no. No. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Michael. This is terrible. Paul. I just um, to... oh. What was Stan Ogden's profession before he died? Window cleaner? Yeah. Um, What was the name of Andy McDonald's twin? Steve. What was the name of Ken Barlow's first wife? Val. Well done. So you got Mm, eight. Eight out of ten. Not as good as last week. No. I'm saving myself for tomorrow. You paid, you got paid yourself as a marathon, not a sprint. Um, (laughs) uh, Right. Let's do birthdays. 13th of June, Teddy Turner, who played Chalky Whiteley, writer Leslie Duxbury and Kim Marsh, who plays Michelle Connor. You look really sad. I'm I'm disappointed in myself. You look really My upset. That quiz, oh, and now I'm, I'm starting to get you know, angry. You are. You should have given me easy questions today, Gemma. So that I was like, I'm gonna walk. This. Don't blame it on me. I still don't know whether I'm going to be going against the other Corey fans or whether no, they're, we're going to be on one team together be. either. Um, I just love how nerdy you're going to be, because uh, you're just like exactly like that annoying person in the pub quiz. When somebody asks a question, you're like, it depends on which canon we're going with. <laughs> it did. It was like when we did that, um, the Cory versus cast quiz, yeah, what, no, three years ago? Moaning. And there was one question like, how did Tony die? And we're like, uh, do you mean well, Tony Stewart or Tony Gordon? And uh, like, I don't know. <laughs> no, well, it's the one that died of a heart attack. Like, okay, thank you very much. Uh, right. Sorry, 14th on. of June, Kenneth Cope, who was Jed Stone, and the co-writer at two episodes of the spin-off, Turn Out the Lights. Oh, did he write some of that, did he? Yes, co-wrote two episodes. Mm. Sophia Hook, who played Poppy Morales. 15th of June, Stephen Malatrat. And I didn't, I haven't got here who, who he is. <laughs> Happy birthday anyway. Perhaps it's somebody involved in Corrupedia. Possibly. Rupert Hill, who played Jamie Baldwin. 17th of June, James Gaddis, who played Vinnie Sorrell and Tracy Bennett. Is that Gaddash? Who played Sharon Bentley. 19th of June, Thelma Barlow, who played oh, Mavis Wilton. Back. And Philip Middlemas, who played De Barnes. De Barnes, happy birthday, De Barnes. Lovely. Right, we've, we've got, got s- so much to do. We have. Right, next up, don't forget this Patreon competition is still ongoing. This is where you have a chance to win a year's subscription to our top tier Patreon, where you get your name on the blog, you get uh, previews, you get early interview access. If I can get it done in time, and I know that at the time of the recording, I still haven't sent Charlie's interview for the Patreons, but I'm determined they will get hold of it before this goes live monthly bonus episode um, which I guess is the next one's going to come up in the next week or two and access to all of the previous ones you got show notes you got a handwritten thank you card from us you have got a Coronation Street mug after six months it is a fantabulous prize but it's only open to people who are not currently patrons sorry if you want to be in with a chance of winning this then what you need to do is write us an email um, answering the following question and I've had to change the wording of this question every week but basically, when we first started this question, 
we just watched episode 10,068 of Coronation Street, right? And what we wanted to know is how many episodes of Coronation Street had we talked about in the street talk sections of the podcast since episode one? So you need to get yourself onto Coropedia, find some episode numbers, do a little bit of maths and email us the answer. We have had some submissions. I don't think we've had any submissions in the last week, but we've still got a handful from the first week. There's still time. You've got until the 3rd of July to get your entries in. And then we'll pick a random winner. So good luck to anyone who enters. And um, give it a shot. Give it a shot. You can't... You, there's nothing... There's All you literally can do is waste your time. You're lose. already doing that listening to this. We take it as a personal insult if you don't enter this competition <laughs> because you're telling us that you don't want all that amazing it's stuff It's also open to everybody in the world, I think. Yes. And also, by now, I think this week, possibly, or maybe it's next week, the Canadian um, viewers who are... Or Canadian listeners, I suppose, who listen to us a little bit behind because yeah. of their schedule yeah. they should they have should got the first time now. they should have heard it so maybe we'll get some entrance in for that anyway but anyway right, give, right, give it a right. shot now I've got my I've got a quick segment which I'm not going to be able to do it justice but I've carried on I've been you've, carrying you've on had requests for this reading Patricia Phoenix's autobiography the first volume which what I've forgotten what it's called All My Burning Bridges that's it um, Patricia Phoenix who played uh, Elsie Tanner. Elsie Tanner, one of the most iconic Legendary. characters of all time, and she has led a life or two. <laughs> it's been ages since you've given your book update, this hasn't is, it? This um, is going from chapter eight, and I think I've read quite a lot. I, I've read like two thirds of the book out to stop because I kept stopping every every other page to like copy something down, which was like I've got to tell everyone about. You this. haven't this told me amazing. any of this either, have you? And well, um, this so it's been a while. This is like from the third of June that I um that I read this. So it's been a couple of weeks. I've been trying to read it slowly. Um, right, in chapter eight, she gets told by um Arthur Spreckley, who is some kind of um producer for, for uh, theatre. You're hopeless in comedy, he told me. Of course, from that moment on, I'm defiantly determined to play comedy. So there you go. That's what inspired her. And, That's um, interesting because my year five teacher, who was my like, favourite teacher, told me that she didn't think I'd make a very good teacher. <laughs> I don't think oh, it inspired really? me to go on to be one. She, she just said, I don't, I don't think it's quite right why? for you, Michael. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> and I was really gutted because I love that teacher, Mrs. Hirons. Yeah, yeah, I, I had a Spanish teacher one time who made fun of me for learning how to say I just got two rabbits in Spanish because my mum and dad bought me a pair of rabbits and I got really excited because I really liked her. So I learned how to say it so I could tell her on the first day we came back and she went, so? And that's harsh. And, um, Teachers ever, can I be so cruel. Be bothered, I couldn't We're be bothered out. then to, to learn any more Spanish. So, donde esta la biblioteca is all I know. I <laughs> Do you know how to say I've got two rabbits? No, I've forgotten. I deliberately banished it from my mind. <laughs> um, there's another bit where she goes wandering around the moors, I think. I thought you were going to say morgue. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and she, she gets... Um, this is when she's still in the theatre company and this, and this sort of like grizzled old man meets her in the, in the countryside and uh, thinks, says, oh, you're an actress, aren't you? And she thinks, oh, um, must be because I look so fabulous. And um, he says... Uh, no but, no, but an actress would come up here with sandals and red muck on her toenails. <laughs> um, oh, there was a bit here where she's talking about um, corpsing in the show, yeah. in, in Coronation Street. Uncontrollable, unintended laughter. And she said that one of her things was um, 
Like, she used to try to add realism by popping off to go to the toilet in the middle of scenes. <laughs> like, normally, like, people would do. Like, they wouldn't just stand behind a bar. They'd sort of bugger off to the toilet. That's and funny. so she said, I was famous for going in the ladies and coming out through the gents. The trouble was... <laughs> The trouble was that once off set, there was no way of telling the two doors apart. That's funny. And she also says, um, one of people... Surely just remember. One of people... I know, one of them's left and one of them's right. Surely it doesn't change. Well, when I went in, I went in the one on the right. And now I'm on the other side. And I'm going the one on the right. Yeah, oh, that's the other side. Uh, one of Peter Adamson's most famous lines is Len Fairclough amongst the cast were, the trouble with that fellow, he's got a pee like a brain. <laughs> now, I've forgotten to... Um, to uh, I, well, I I got f- bored of um, highlighting these, so you can just have to bear with me while I try and work out what what from each section I found relevant. But there is a very dark bit, and there's a trigger warning here for suicide. So don't listen to this next little oh bit. God. This is a famous anecdote that I've heard her talk about in television interviews as well. In chapter fourteen, she basically thinks well, my my marriage is broken up, my stage career is rubbish i live in a tiny little place in london i've got nothing going for me and so she said um i lit a cigarette concluded between one smoke cloud and the next as i did not seem to be of much use to myself or anyone else at that particular moment it was time for me to shuffle off this mortal coil the decision seemed neither dramatic nor tragic just a logical conclusion that i could only become a burden and i felt i'd taken enough from my mother without subjecting her to any further weight carrying horrible but um, so what she decides to do is um, put the gas on. Yeah. And, is this leading let somewhere herself, funny? Let, yeah, let herself okay. go to sleep. and Because you used to be able to do this. So that's why I'm comfortable. You're not normally supposed to talk about methods, but you can't do this anymore. Um, let the gas fill the room. Just just go to sleep and never wake up. Mm. But um, she fell asleep and then she woke up with a headache 45 minutes later because it turned out that she had, she was so broke, she couldn't, she didn't put the, enough money in the gas meter. <laughs> it's really dark. She laughed about is dark. this. She laughed about this. Thank goodness and, um, for that. Yeah, so... You've <clears throat> so, got more yeah. Corrie stories in there. Yeah, after a while, she finally starts to talk about... Oh, there's a bit where she has to go at a priest because she wanted to do, perform a um, a play called The Rose Tattoo when where... Um, like a contraceptive packet falls on on the stage floor yeah. for some particular reason, and he said that she couldn't do it. And um, he's and she sh- starts shouting at him, going, "Do you see the actual object?" I tore into him. I tore into the biggest tirade ever on the dangers of keeping people in ignorance and how wrong that sort of censorship was. That I offended his sensibilities, there is no doubt. I plead ignorance. He excused himself shortly and went off, shaking his head. <laughs> and then she never got asked to return to Dublin. <laughs> she was shunned, she exiled was. from Dublin. And then there's another bit. I love, I love how she's got quite. A, a, this is going to sound rude, but I say it in the in the most, in greatest of love. She's got a very Trumpian idea of what being humble is. Like she basically thinks she's the most humble person. Nobody's more humble than she is. Mm. So there's a bit here where um, she she she's in a play with Thora Heard. And at the end, she gets given a bottle of champagne and um, she says, uh, are you going to drink it? Yeah. And um, she replies, I'll drink it when I make it. And she, she says that the bottle, wa- wa- bottle of champagne remains covered in dust, tucked on the top of my wardrobe. I'm waiting for the day when I make it. The whole world may say, you are a success, but you've got to make, make it for yourself. <laughs> um, 
Oh, there's also a bit here where she talks about getting cast as as Elsie Tanner originally. And oh, yeah. the story is very similar to the one that is told in... Uh, the Road to Coronation Street. Road to Coronation Street is pretty much... Uh, Jesse Wallace. She just gets herself in a mood and goes in and gives a very abrupt performance mm. for her. Um, but that was exactly the perfect way to play it. So she gets given the part. And she said, um, there had been controversy over my age. Some said I was too young, which I was at the time. But fortunately, I was carrying too much weight. They decided to age me by lining me with makeup on cheeks and forehead. They could have waited. It didn't take me long to catch up. Carrie <laughs> <laughs> will do that to you. Yep. There's another bit where she's talking about um, interactions with fans and how people used to come up to everybody in the cast and sort of talk to them. And um, she was obviously no exception. And one time she said that she and Philip Lowry went to a, a personal experience at a cinema and she was all dressed up with sequins on and everything and he had a nice suit on. And um, when they got out of the car, a woman came up and, and smacked Philip across the face. <laughs> and she said, that's for being so bloody cheeky to your mother. <laughs> oh, yeah, she talks about a man who writes to her and calls her my queen. Oh, no, it was, it's a woman, an old lady. Yeah. Now, my queen, last night you were a bit hasty. You must learn to control that temper of yours. It's always getting you in trouble. That's so funny. I wonder how much the cast now get fan mail from people writing to their characters. Well, there is a bit here where she talks about the fact that when you get a nasty letter, the best thing to do is to stick it on your notice board. And we know that some people do that. Yeah, that that still goes on. Um, she, she said, uh, not everyone approves of Elsie Tanner. I once got a rather disagreeable, if not snotty letter from six typists who all worked in the same office. Six typists they were, and six typists they signed themselves. They objected to a scene where, draped only in a nighty, I leaned out of the window to call to Dennis in the street below. By sheer accident, the camera was at an angle and the shot was almost down to my navel. Some people <laughs> would say, a lot of charisma. Other, others would say, a big boob shot. The six typists were indignant. Outrageous and obscene, they called it. There was really only one answer. So I wrote back, jealous, and signed it as Pat Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's my favourite one. There's, there's another guy that she had who was a bit of a pervert. He kept writing her erotic letters and, and um, everybody used to read them and think they were quite funny. Mm. And then one day Violet Carson asked her, can I see the letter? And she said, no, darling, you're, you don't want to see it. You're much too young. And she said, oh, I think I should. I passed it to her and she began to read it. She gasped and she went tut tut, then gasped again and finally laughed. Hmm, she said. He's boasting a bit, isn't he? <laughs> I wonder what Violet Castle was like in real life. And there's also another really funny one that she's, I've heard her talking about on um, interviews on TV when she said that the best letter she ever had was from a vicar. And it said, dear madam, my organ has recently collapsed and I would like your assistance in raising it. <laughs> Oh yeah, so yeah, so um, Bill Bill Naden, he said, would put the the letters on the studio no- yeah. uh, notice board. There's also a bit where further through the bit where she starts to talk about each member of the cast and individually describe them. I guess, I guess she decided to write about some people and then realised she couldn't really leave people out, so she kind of talks about everybody. But it was only a small cast back then, wasn't it? Yeah. So um, couldn't do it these I think days. She, I think this book was published in 1974. Yeah. So she's talking about Jack Haworth, and um, I didn't realise this, but you told me that you already I knew, and this is kind of common knowledge, I guess. Jack Haworth, who played? Uh, Albert Tetlock. His, uh, his moustache is fake. Mm. And he said um, he didn't fancy himself with a moustache, but he did fancy Albert Tetlock with one, small and bushy, and in- insisted and argued with the producers until he, he got his way. That's funny. And then she says, 
Jack and I have this little secret. For years we have been having this totally imaginary but very passionate affair. Every Thursday <laughs> afternoon at three o'clock he threatens to tell me how you get babies. <laughs> then there's another bit about um, Violet Carson, who um, plays Ina, and um, about how she lived in, in Blackpool in, in her house and every every week or so she'd be out in the garden and this guy would pull up in a bus with a load of tourists and go this is where Ina Sharkles lived <laughs> and so she ended up just changing the way her her house was laid out so her kitchen yeah um was f- facing the street and her sitting room was in the back garden because so, she couldn't be that's bothered funny. with everybody staring so she lives in Blackpool did she maybe that's why they got her to turn on the Blackpool lights that oh, time oh that makes in, uh, sense was it 1961 it? um Doris Speed apparently she um bought her first mink and she called it Tony in tribute to Tony Warren for helping her to pay for it um and also there's another bit where um Pat's talking about when she had her furs because obviously back in the day that was the thing that you wore to Mm. show that you'd made it so she said that she went to a appearance at a factory and she had just bought her first mink and so she was wearing it and then one of the factory girls says oh miss phoenix what a smashing bit of fur so she's like oh try it on and then before she knows what's happening all the women are passing it down the factory line and everyone's having to go to try it on and the manager comes over and says oh miss phoenix i'm so sorry let me get it back for you and she says oh no you don't they bought it for me didn't they Ah, that's a good line that's nice yeah there's another bit where she talks about people that have gone through tragedies or bad things that have happened to them because of being in Coronation Street and she's Mm. talking about how some of the actors didn't really handle getting having lots of money very well and sort of spent spent it a lot she talks about um can you uh, can you sympathise with that? Yeah, I can't cope with it. Not the bit about having money, just, just if you did it. have it. <laughs> Peter Adamson and his alcoholism, she talks about and how um, he got abusive letters when he thumped Ken Barlow in the Rovers <laughs> one time. Um, then there's the bit about Martha Longhurst and how when she died, and I thought this was really interesting. So everybody knows how this was set up. So Martha's Martha's got her passport and she's showing everybody because she's going to go abroad and visit her family. Mm. And then she goes and sits in the snug by herself and everybody's playing the piano and yeah. they're singing and then they find her dead. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Peter, whose job it was to pronou- pronounce her gone, refused to say the line at rehearsals. When the scene was actually being recorded, he hesitated so his words could be cut. I think that I might have heard this story before. That is good. For a few deliberate seconds, he waited, waited then said, she's dead. He could not believe, even then, that Granada would let her die and even bet a fiver on it. He hoped his final line would be edited out and Martha rushed to eventual recovery in hospital. While Martha was dying, the rest of us were supposed to be having a sing-song around the piano and what a tearful bunch of so-called merrymakers we made. We knew Lynn would not appear again and we knew she did not want to go. We were supposed to be having a good, a good time, but we were just wiping the tears away and doing another take. It was terrible. Aww. Yeah, it is sad. More to come? I've got more to say. Go for it. There's a funny bit where she talks about Margot Bryant, who plays Minnie Caldwell, and says that whereas Minnie is a dim, dotty old dear, Margot is an elegant, self-possessed, intrepid world traveller <laughs> with a flair and a fondness for Paris hats. As for being gentle, she would tell you herself she is tough as old boots. Her pet hate is inefficiency, especially in aeroplanes, where she is known to strike the fear of God into the cabin staff. <laughs> Minnie and Margot do share one characteristic. They both love cats. Margot once took a tin of cat food by the dozen, tins of cat food by the dozen to Italy and fed them to the abundant half-starved cat population of Venice. She owned two cats in the script, both called Bobby. Um, And then there's a bit, really funny bit here where she talks about Eileen Derbyshire, who plays Emily Nugent. 
and um she says that she's gen she's a gentle soul superb actress thank god she's got a great sense of humor aware of the adoration that margot bryant and i have for animals she approached us rather diffidently one morning knowing how you two feel about this i don't suppose you'll be really interested she said twinkling but i'd like to let you know i'm going to have a baby Oh, I'm so sorry, Margot said. What a pity it couldn't have been kittens. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really funny. There's also a bit where she talks about Neville Buswell, who plays Ray Langton, and he makes up silly language. Um, sentences like, you scrimmed my plinge, which does not mean a thing. That's what you put on Twitter the <laughs> other day. I had to read that out because um, that explains why I said that. I, I forgot to ask you why on earth you said that. Um, this is my final bit I've got to say so this is I've got to at page 150 and this is when I realised that I'd had far too much to talk about and I do indeed so this, <laughs> this is the is final the, this is the longest we've ever had to wait to get onto street talk on this podcast well you're making it longer she goes That's on holiday and she sees um, two young German girls and a middle aged woman she says with blonde hair and tanned gold skin they look like Rhine maidens they beckoned to me they were in the sea um she could not resist. Pulling off my shirt and jeans, I ran towards the water's edge. I fell naked as they were into the spray. There was no English spoken, but a unison of laughter was formed between strangers that met in the sea. And then she goes to dinner later on that evening and she sees them all sitting around a table and she asks the waiter who it is. Um, his answer stunned me. I never did find out who the young girls were, but I was told they may have been nieces. But the now fully dressed and slightly forbidding lady with whom I had frolicked naked in the sea was none other than the widow of Hitler's Luftwaffe chief, <laughs> Hermann Goring. Oh my God, that's brilliant. <laughs> I think that's as good a There's, place to end That is a story. Thank you, Gemma, for that very comprehensive. It is quite and... long. I don't know if you want to take that out and put it in a different bit of the podcast. No, I've, I've, got, I've got so much energy. I'll, I'll leave it there. If people didn't want to hear that, they could skip ahead. They know where Street Talk starts. Minutes. But I know we have had some of our listeners asking to, uh, when your if next Pat Phoenix update was going to be. ever asks for something, we're almost guaranteed to put it in our ability to do it. Yes, Because that means like, like 50% of the listenership wants it. Yeah, so I think the time has come for us to talk about this I don't think we should do Street Talk this week. I think there's too much else to talk about. <laughs> there's so much else to talk about. This is going to be another massive podcast this right. week. I'm just going to, I know, I'm going to get to the end of June. And I'm not going to be able to fit it all on the web space oh, no. again. Quick, quick, quick. Let's go to Street, street talk. talk. Street Talk time. This week's what, Street already? Talk. already? Yeah, we have got to Street Talk at last after that very long intro. But if you listen to this on YouTube, you don't know what we're talking about. You can skip about. it. Oh, yeah. no, it's not there. Not even there to skip. Right, there's six storyline t- things that happened this week. Yes, and, and some of them have multiple titles. So last week we called the Yasmin and Jeff story Escort Out. Um, but we could go back to the Yaz fighting because she did fight. She's standing up and she pled not guilty in court, which I was very pleased Hooray. about. Or I thought we could call it of courts and escorts, which are the two the bits of the story this week. So go wherever you, wherever you fancy. Do what you like. We had a bit more of the Kelly and the Killer story. I've got a million stories here to storyline titles for uh, for Dev's story. Most of them about the fact that he hasn't got any, any money. For example, we could call it Devstitute or... Um, Broke Hill. Yes, it sounds like Oak Hill, doesn't it? Broke Hill. Hmm? No, that's not again. Dev needs an Allahandout. I thought it was quite yeah. a nice idea. Or Cap'n Allahand. Um, There's plenty. Alone in the Clark, because he's a shop clerk. Sounds like right. Alone in the Dark. Next one. The Mysterious Scots, because we had, we had Scott, the Rover's Scott, and then we had Scott, or the Scott, the strange Scottish lady who appeared in the Rover's today, who seems to have some... Um, 
prior acquaintance. No, prior... What's the word? Knowledge. Past history with Carla that Carla seems to have forgotten about. Um, so they are both Scots in different ways. Serious case of the Ollie Wobbles uh, made a brief appearance, as did Daniel this week, which really you can sum up in about 30 seconds, so no doubt we shall at the end of um, Street Talk. Um, do you want to do the Jeff stuff? Would you like me to do the Jeff stuff this week? I'll do Very this. exciting stuff. Right, so it starts off on Monday in, in, in the cell, Yasmin's all sad and turns over when the guard comes to get her. Back at the flat, Imran is very annoyed that Yasmin is keeping her mouth shut and Alia thinks that she can go and get her talking. Ryan's losing hope. He goes to the Rovers to get a confidence boost from Carla because he feels useless. Kathy and Eileen come into the cafe and Sally's there. She's got an upside-down book. Her mind is clearly on other things and... uh, Emmerdale used this. Emmerdale, yeah, we, we watched Emmerdale um, on, it was Wednesdays, wasn't it? So we wanted to see what the lockdown was like and they had a scene with a person reading an upside book there. So lockdown's the same. Corrie did it two days ways. before, so who copied who? Um, so she got her upside down book. She's clearly um, thinking about Je- Jeff and Yasmin and um, there's kind of like this coldness between her and Kathy and Eileen. So... Ali goes to visit Yasmin, she opens up, she, she accuses her of trying to trap me about what actually happens between her and, and Jeff. And Ali is asking all these questions about the wedding money, the empty cupboards. How come there's no ingredients and stuff when you're such an amazing cook, Gran? What, what's happened to all the food? And, and she's trying to convince her that this is all evidence of Jeff chipping away at her, at her and stealing her independence. And, and she's, you know, you've been living like a prisoner for months. You're you're an intelligent, dignified person, you've been reduced reduced to this. Mm. That's some great scenes with Alia and Yasmin. This was week. really good, really, really powerful and oh it's so frustrating too, because you just you want you were right there with Alia, like, please listen to what she's saying for once. God mm. damn it. If, if nobody ever listens to Alia again, that's perfectly fine with me. But this one time she's actually talking sense. Yeah. <laughs> so Yasmin continues to insist that Jeff is some kind of lost soul and um he gets my sadness. She's a bit getting really emo about this. And then she starts talking about how she's let down every man in her life. And she starts to parrot all the things that Jeff has told her about why she is not a very good person. She says, oh, I grate on people. I'm too bossy, too opinionated. I come across as snobby. My voice was like nails on a chalkboard to him. My vo- voice drove him mad. He kept testing. I kept failing. And then she talks about how she ate Charlotte Bronte. <laughs> How she was served Charlotte Bronte well, yeah. by Jeff. Uh, Alia's horrified and Yasmin's like, yeah, it was cruel, but I deserved it because I'd taken my eyes off the boil and poor Charlotte paid the price. Oh, God. So then we see um, Tim and Jeff together and... This is back at home, isn't back it? Back at home. Yeah. Jeff's not happy that um, Tim's going to be hearing some stuff that's going to come out at the, at the court case if he goes to, to, to view in support. And he says, like, remember whose side you're on, basically. Back at the prison, Yasmin tells Alia about the little red crosses and she talks about it like it's a funny little sweet anecdote. Mm. But actually, it makes Alia cry. She says about the red crosses and uh, it was, it was how, where he put them so that... Yeah, she, she made she, out like it was a little game. You're right, it was like an anecdote. It was like she was yeah, reminiscing over fun times she had with Jeff when, she, when he checked that she'd cleaned everything thoroughly because if that red cross was there, it means that she hadn't been there yet. And she was even talking about... He sometimes put a cross on the hoover because the hoover needs cleaning too. She's like, you wouldn't think about it, but it does. And then Alia starts crying and she says, why are you crying? And Alia says, because you're not. That was, that a, very was good, a great bit of dialogue. Very good scene. Yeah, really well written. Um, 
Kathy and Eileen realise that Imran's going to court, so they get a lift off him. Um, he's got one of those fancy boots in his car that c- closes itself. Like magic. <laughs> Um, Yasmin insists that Jeff needs her he's a lost soul complicated man Alia says no he's a bully he's a sociopath he's an abuser what would you say if Jeff had treated Tim like this and I think that is the moment when the penny drops for Yasmin and she realises like yeah, this but is how many, what how many times have we said over the past no, few months that's but this is what moment. people say like if you if you ever feel bad about yourself and you're treating yourself badly and you're thinking bad things about yourself you just need to think to yourself would I do this to my best friend and if the answer is no you're being unfair to yourself and you need to be kinder mm. we, we treat ourselves far more badly than we treat anybody else mm. sometimes unless you're Jeff <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a no- lovely crane shot I think they've got um that permanently screwed into the ceiling there at the, at yeah, the, the court, courthouse so that yeah. people can climb out of the depths underneath the court to rise up for justice. Yeah, they've, they've used that that place lots of times, haven't they? Quite a few characters over the years have uh, climbed Walked those up. steps. It's a very effective shot to sort of, you know... And show how small they are. Sort of appear out of the... Oh, yeah, like I said. So um, Yasmin stands in the dock and she starts having flashbacks about all the things that Jeff had said that it's horrible to her. Yeah, it's all so, the, it's, it was echoey, wasn't it? And all, all of his all of his lines, all of his insults. Well, you can tell and... it wasn't her um, because it was Jeff's voice and her lips weren't moving. Yeah. So you can tell it was a flashback. <laughs> um, and she misses the cue to put, put her plea in. And we have to wait until Wednesday to find out whether she's going to plead guilty or not guilty. So there's a long pause on Wednesday... And she says, not guilty. And Kathy, Eileen, Ryan and Alia are all really pleased. Tim seems to be the only one on Jeff's side there. He's not very pleased about this and he dashes off. Suddenly, Paula appears from nowhere. Not been mentioned previously. We know that he has, uh, Imran has worked with Paula in the past. But I kind of thought that this was his solo case for him. I don't know why they didn't mention. He didn't need her. Um, well, it's because well, is it because she's a barrister and he's a lawyer and there sometimes was something they swap to do with there was something to do with he couldn't have done like one when he was in court before he needed some blah 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 something to do with things that we don't understand because we're just idiots. It was a, it was a nice surprise appearance. Yeah, but... nice to see Paula again. I know some people would be very happy to see Paula back in the show. It'd be nice if she was doing things that weren't just being a lawyer. Yeah, because Sterling's got her other gig now, hasn't she, over on yeah. the BBC? Yeah. So she says, I want an adjournment so I can speak more to Yasmin because I've only just appeared. <laughs> Literally got summoned here by the scriptwriter. <laughs> I don't even know how I got here. I was somewhere Say else. Say Paul Martin's go. name three times in the mirror. <laughs> I've got to get back I left the gas on. <laughs> um, judge says, yes, fine, seven days. And he says it in that creepy voice and then a girl comes out of a well. <laughs> that bit was weird. Back at Sally, Jeff is cooking chilli and then he offers to take Sally and Tim out the, in the evening. I don't know why, if he's making delicious chilli. Um, but Sally's in no mood for celebrating Yasmin's suffering. And Jeff's playing the victim and he's sort of saying, oh, she fell out of love with me. Maybe I started taking her for granted, trying to make himself sound innocent. And, and Sally just keeps giving him all these suspicious looks. Alia and Ryan return to the street. Alia sees Jeff, as go at him, um, and tells him about Yasmin's plea. It catches him off guard. I don't know why his representative didn't immediately let him know as soon as they got out of court mm. but she's pleading not guilty because this is yeah, very it shouldn't vital. really be down to not really no to, your to the opposition granddaughter no um yeah so so he's really shocked about about that 
Yeah, Ali, Ali is just Oh yeah, she's going, gloating. She? She's like, she's told me everything you did, everything. When it all comes out and everyone knows, you're going to be chased out of town. And um, Sally's like, oh, she rushes off to the pub. And then Jeff chases after her. But then in the pub, Alia and Tim have a confrontation. And Alia says to Tim, it's all going to come out in court, what kind of man your dad is. And oh, it's really dramatic and cool. Then we get Yasmin phoning Alia. And because she's a good girl, she uses the normal pay phone. She doesn't have a bum phone. Um, No, she does not. And she says, I'm starting to have second thoughts. Have I done the right thing? Um, What's the point of doing this if they could convict me anyway? And Ali says, look, look on the bright side. Um, you, you, you're upsetting Jeff here anyway. Mm. And then she gets really upset and asks Alia to tell Jeff. Yaz's, Yasmin says, um, if, yeah, I, if gonna... I upset, I, I'm worried that I've oh, okay. upset Jeff. If That's I, right, yes. Yeah, so can I, I'm going to change my play. You, say, you said earlier that Yasmin's a good girl in prison, but I reckon that if she, if she gets in charge of the prison library, she could get quite a nice racket going there, couldn't she? Oh, like she could in, like, um, let people have three library books out at once instead of two. Yeah, like take it happen for as long as you like, wink, wink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she feels guilty and she asks Alia to say to Jeff, I'm sorry, and she obviously is not going to pass that message on um tim is at home and she he wants to know what is wrong with with sally and sally's like look what about yasmin something must have happened to get her to that point there's a lot about your dad that we don't know and he's playing the victim but i don't think he is i want jeff out and you gotta tell him to to leave which i thought was brilliant so on friday tim tim tries to chicken out of saying anything and he's like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if you uh, weren't here? <laughs> wouldn't you prefer it? And eventually he has to basically just say, look, you've got, you got to leave. You've got to go. Um, and, and Tim says, you'd be better off. We're all behind you and everything, but you can't, you can't stay here anymore. Um, um, and he's like, well, does Sally, you know, Sally not on my side anymore? And Tim says, look, she is on your side, but, you know, she's got her own issues with past history of wrongful imprisonment etc etc so you should just go yeah she needs needs a bit of headspace doesn't she yeah is what he's saying yeah so he goes home to an empty house and he looks at this photo of him and yasmin and it's very difficult to know what's going on in his mind at this point is he sort of thinking oh god i had a nice little servant here i can't believe i've messed this up mm um, maybe I shouldn't have taken it so far or is he thinking, well, I'm going to have to find a replacement for this one. <laughs> I don't know what he's thinking. Um, Tim, Tim not on Eileen are now in the in cab office isn't cab it? office, and Eileen's trying, trying to suss Tim out a little bit and she wants to try to subtly give her opinion but it doesn't really work. She says, um, have you ever considered that maybe Yasmin is telling the truth? And he's like, no, of course not. And then he asks her, what do you think? And Eileen has to admit that she says, well, I believe her. And then she says, there's something a bit off about your dad. And like, well, the box incident. And um, I spoke to Yasmin about it on the on the coach. And she, she said it was an accident, but I don't think I believe her. And it basically ends up with Tim getting a bit annoyed. And now he's been told by his wife and one of his very good friends that they think that Jeff is the one in the wrong. Yeah, I, I'm, I am starting to wonder who's like, how long is he going to stay on his dad's side? Because everyone's telling him now at last. I mean, quite a lot of time has passed and Eileen and Kathy have stayed quite quiet. Um, but Tim, 
Tim surely got to realise. I, I still don't blame him for sticking with his dad. He's very loyal, and I think most people naturally would. But I know, you... it's always it's always um, a difficult one, isn't it? Because your family should be the one one group of people that you can always trust to, to have your back. And the, But there's obviously a, a, a line where they can't, mm. where if you've done something terrible. But still, Tim doesn't really know whether he's done anything wrong. He's, and, uh, he's starting to think that. Before, yeah, he, he was unwavering in his loyalty yeah, for yeah. his dad. And now he's wondering why everyone's saying. I can't wait but, to see the moment when the penny drops. But the thing is, I really don't blame Tim. As much as I hate this character, I don't blame him at all for his confusion and sticking by his dad. Because as far as he knows, his dad has gone through his entire life never having done anything wrong. And suddenly got to the the age that he is and turned him into an abusive monster it makes as much sense that jeff has suddenly done this as yasmin has because he hasn't seen the signs because he probably didn't want to mm. so for for alia's turning around saying well why would yasmin suddenly do this jeff's just as um tim's just as um what's the word allowed just as much allowed to think that about his relative as alia is it just so happens that alia is right mm. and these two really insufferable characters <laughs> having an <laughs> argument about their relatives is kind of funny yeah he, we, he just needs to have annoying. some hard evidence presented to him doesn't he He'll, either maybe. some video or maybe this woman from the past is going to come up and say I, I used to know your dad and, and this is what happened but even then he Unless there is no, hard proof. No, I think proof. I'm starting to think now that maybe Tim might find the videos. Well, because there's really no reason now for Sally or Eileen to find them. It would if, be more, to me, it would be more dramatic. If Tim if discovers Tim the secret, the truth it. for himself. Yeah. Mm, maybe, maybe. Do you, I, I'm... I was I'm enjoying watching every scene that Sally's in at the moment, I have to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, her little it's, side glances. Finally yeah. using her busybody powers for good instead of evil. Yeah, but she's kind of wrestling with who do I stay loyal to, to, loyal to because she and Tim have been through so much this past year after the whole bigamy incident. Mm. She doesn't want to risk, you know, knocking over she the apple cart again. Wrong. But she knows, she knows that, that there's something not right with Jeff. She, I, she doesn't... Do you, I, I don't think she believes him now. There, ha, it the has been a, is, there has been a point where she's like, hmm, things, are, things aren't quite right there. But I think with everything that's been going on this week, with what she's heard from earlier, I think she's she knows that Jeff isn't telling the truth here and now she's just finding the courage to admit it out loud and confront him with it or or put her, her flag in Alia's camp officially. But she can't because she's got to stay loyal. And I wonder whether... There's going to be an opportunity when the court case comes up in seven days, a.k.a. 14 days, because we've got <laughs> half as many episodes. Is Sally going to stand up in court? Is, is, is She it... can't. She can't. She's got no evidence. You can't, come on, you can't come into court and say, after this happened, when I saw neither of them together, mm. I have now come to the conclusion that he had it coming the whole time. It doesn't work like that. Mm. I mean, I suppose the only thing, and there's no reason why this would happen, I suppose, is if, for whatever reason, Sally was called to be a character witness for Jeff on the stand, and then she's like, actually... Actually, he's a bit of a dick. Yeah. So I don't know. There isn't isn't any reason for Sally to be called as a witness to anything, is there? And and Jeff wouldn't want to, because Jeff knows that Sally is... Thinking 
Oh, badly. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he was trying to manipulate her earlier this week. Like, there was a bit where Sally had lost her phone and I think Jeff, I don't know whether yeah, it's the, a... Uh, he had he, it, he, didn't he? Yeah, he had it. Um, and he was trying to make himself look good by saying, oh, I found your phone for you, Sally. But he's he tried his... Um, controlling techniques that have been effective on Yasmin against Sally, and she wasn't having any of it. So he, if 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 Jeff, you know, knows what's what, he needs to keep Sally well away from this because she could. You know what people in Coronation Street are like for blurting out things in court. Yeah. He needs to keep her the heck away. I really like this cliffhanger. I know some people didn't like it, but I thought it was brilliant. The Monday one. Yeah. That was great. I Another... really don't care. I know they're juvenile and a bit um, predictable. They remind me of Doctor Who ones. When when we first started watching Doctor Who, I did feel like there would be a cliffhanger and it would get resolved within the first five seconds of the next episode. The thing is that this one had to be because she wasn't going to, you know, not say anything. But <laughs> it was that as I was finishing on Friday's episode, I still, I still didn't know whether it would be guilty or not guilty because... In a way, obviously, if she pleads not guilty, then it means there's going to be a trial. And, and narratively speaking, you want there to be a trial because you want people to come up and all the evidence to be presented and everything like that. But if she'd pled guilty, then there's still... I don't know, is there still the option that... Can she change her plea later on? She goes, actually, no, I want my fault, actually, Governor. I don't think you can or, change your plea from guilty you, to something else. do you else. plead guilty and then you're sentenced and then she appeals? It, it could have gone off that way. I don't way. think you can just change your mind after you've ended your plea. I don't. I don't know. I am. I am not a. Them? I'm not a legal eagle. Uh, we've but, already established that we don't know what we're talking you, about. You were. You were convinced that she was going to say not guilty, yeah. weren't you? Because but, it, because it didn't make any sense. Yeah, but the actual way that they did it, I I, I loved she, it. it they, she literally she opened she went, her mouth. She did. She did the little breathe, and then we were we we were willing that to capture. Would it have been as effective if she just said not guilty, and then the credits had played? I don't, I don't know. think it I would have done. I think uh, it was better the way it was. And I just, I loved being kept <laughs> on the edge of my seat for 48 hours. It was another one of these ones where you were like 90% sure you thought it was going to happen. Yeah, but, but what if? But what if it was? What if she said? Yeah, yeah. And uh, good on you, Yasmin. Yeah, good. But we've, but se- we've said that before because, yeah, exactly. Now she's... Now she's regretting it. What she, what's going to happen? I mean... I don't know. I'm, 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 I think it's probably possible that you can say during... If you've pled not guilty, to go okay, right, all right, I did, I did do it during your trial, but I don't think you can do it the other way around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to have to come from everybody else, isn't it? The thing is, though, because I don't know whether she will defend herself. I still don't really understand, and maybe I'm being stupid, and I don't want anyone to think I'm being and like against people that are being abused because that's not at all what I think. But I just don't understand how you can stab somebody in the neck and say you stabbed them and the person who you stabbed said that you did it, but then say you didn't do it because they were really mean to you. That's, yeah, I, I mean, she was, she's that. accused of, what, what was it? She's accused of... Man, attempted man. manslaughter or something. And yeah, she, she kind of did, but I she had a really good reason. On, <laughs> I guess it does depend on what the it's charge whether was. It's and I don't remember what the charge was now. There's the, there is the self-defence angle. No, but what was the charge? Because if it's attempted murder, there's different types, isn't there? So mm. so if she's, if she's being charged with murder, I guess she could say, not, I'm not guilty of that. I'm actually guilty of manslaughter. Yeah, no, I don't think it is. I think or, 
I think it's all, I think I it all comes down to self self defense. I really wish that we had we knew somebody who could t- tell us what is going on, or like, or somebody from the script team to go. Don't, don't worry, don't worry about that. That's not important. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I don't don't always want to get hung up on these silly details. Because there but is... it, it's really confusing to me because I've said all along, it doesn't really matter what he did. She still did what she's being accused yeah, of doing. And, there, and there's no one who saw what happened apart from what was on the, the, the Jeff's recording, which possibly doesn't exist anymore. Depends, is it on the cloud? Is it on the laptop in the recycle bin? I don't know. But, yeah, because then, you, then you're arguing... There's, two, there's, like, there's two things, isn't there? Are you going to argue that it was self-defence because he was coming at her with a knife? But I'm going to argue that's not why she attacked him. Why did she do it then? Because she was sick and tired of it. <laughs> and that's a different thing again, isn't it? Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I think there might be some legal precedent for this, but I, I haven't researched it enough. Mm. It um, would certainly make sense that it's going to affect... I just I just, I just I, keep coming around in circles. It, she did actually do... do she did actually do it. Mm. And I, I definitely... I'm not the sort of person who thinks that well, you should never do anything wrong ever, even if somebody else is doing something mean to you. But I don't think that's how the law works. Mm, I don't know. I'm I'm very excited. It, it's not going down the obvious path. It could still go anywhere. I would really like them to take a proper proper legal look at this and, and play this like it's a real, a real case and actually talk about what would happen if this was real instead of making a show trial like they normally do where they just make stuff up and have fake stuff and this would never happen in real life I'd really really like to see something a bit more realistic mm, some proper crime drama mm. shiz something like British Crime Story yeah that's my favourite well, TV show British we'll, Crime Story we will hopefully not have too long to wait to find that out I hope I don't know whether like next week we'll see any scenes of Paula talking to to Yasmin. I don't know why why Paula suddenly cropped up. Happy to see her, like I said, but I, I don't know what she what what benefit. Yeah. Unless there's something like she can get stunning out of Yasmin that perhaps Imran couldn't because she's an older woman mm. and Yasmin might open up to her a bit more. But I mean, but she, you know when she's, she she's opened up before, then she just well, says, she regrets first, it. When she first saw Imran, she you know. She couldn't have been happier to see anybody. Mm. I've I've got a feeling that these women in Jeff's past are going to be making an appearance before I long, and they might be the clincher. Weak. No, I don't like that idea. I don't. I don't need it to be. You know, they're the they're the the, the whatever this whole rest this whole case is resting on. But I think we they we we might. But discover... the thing is, like I said before, Jeff it, Jeff would then be going on trial for being for coercive. Control yeah, and which, abuse, but he's not. He's he's not on trial. He's the victim. They would have to surely. There isn't a way, is there, that this trial will end with Jeff being sent to prison? This is the trouble. It's not going to happen. Not this trial. No, and so so all they can really do is let is her prove off. Prove that she was she was in fear of her life because he had. Mm. But how does that? Oh, look. Let's just move I, on. To I a don't. Story. I mean, the thing is, we we know how soaps go. And I don't see that Yasmin is going to end up being sent down for this. And even is if she, she does it, it would be It won't be for like, exactly, so she, she won't. It, 
this there will be they a happy have. ending for Yasmin. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because it wouldn't be fair. Because just can't quite put a finger on how they're going to get there. It wouldn't be fair to people who have been in her situation either, because she really needs to be like a figurehead mm. to to sort of show. Even though you know, this entire story is is incredibly ridiculous and not exactly. Um, helpful to people in the situation because now she stabbed him in the neck and ended up in prison which is not really a template for, <laughs> for how to deal with the situation and not really um so on to another story which may probably end with another trial for um a particular resident gary um the kelly and the killer story which was it was okay this week but we had the return of um of kelly's mum laura and also um lenny lenny the inept PI which I'm always surprised when he shows up again because I thought he was a bit of a you know one appearance wonder back when he first came into it six months or so ago it's like oh it's him again so would you like a PI I would I'd get him I've got no one that needs investigating I'm alright at the moment so um, he Gary sends Lenny off to go and find Laura um, because she did it. I just she... think. I just think. Any time you got in your life, you you've got an, a PI who you regularly get to do jobs for you. You got to reevaluate your life, haven't you? <laughs> How have you got to this stage where you've got a like a spy master on your payroll? He like knows your Queen what he's doing. Elizabeth the First. He knows he's a wronger. <laughs> Gary sends Lenny off to find um, Rick's widow because she did a disappear and act on uh, Kelly, didn't she? When the going got tough. So um, it, it manages... She's not getting a Mother's Day card this year. Too late, too late. So he, um, he oh, also... I'll tell you what, it's not too late for Father's Day. What, Sad. What, yeah. <laughs> what also seemed to happen um, in this episode was a lot of older men being a little bit creepy around the teenage girl population of Weatherfield, wasn't there? But, but, not, but not actually realising that they were being Yeah, not, not being like super childcatcher-ish, but, but if you're being... from an outside observer, if you didn't know what was going on here, you'd think, why, why, is the, why are these people trying to you know, hang around these girls at the bus stop or in the garden? And it's uh, Gary first, isn't it? Because he goes over to, who is it, Kelly and Summer, I can't remember who else was there. And he has a bit of a joke with them because he's he's trying to get the info on um, on like where where Laura might be or um, and I can't remember what else he's trying to find out. I have but... to say I'm very glad to hear you say this because a lot of time blokes really are very blind to how creepy their behaviour and how scary no, they can it was. be. It was. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad that guys are starting to get it because mm. I've lived my life around he, guys he, he's he's it. wanting he was wanting kelly on his side basically so lenny comes it is back sad. Later. i was gonna say also it is very sad that you can't just do this and there is a sinister edge to it but you mm. know you can only live in the reality that we've been given lenny comes back and he's done a pretty good job because within the space of two <laughs> scenes he's tracked laura down to rochdale um and and he's like so why are you so interested in her anyway and gary's like I'm, I'm just concerned about kelly she's not going she should be at oak hill and she's taking that money away um but obviously really he wants kelly out of the picture because the more that she hangs around the street the more questions there are likely to be asked by um our other lawyer adam who his um creepy um, scene uh, on Monday's episode is saying, do you want to come in the car with me? Look, Let me also, take you to school. Let's remind I've got us, some lovely sweets in there. Do you like humbugs, children? <laughs> um, let's not forget, last week it was Imran's turn to do this when he started asking Kelly about her dad. 
Kelly and Summer yeah. following them down the road. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, everyone's <laughs> just as guilty. Yeah, so Adam's like, oh, I get into my car, I've got some tonics, tea cakes in here for you. <laughs> Kelly's like, um... <laughs> no, thank you. But then um, Amy says, it's all right, he's my cousin. And then she does the whole, look, we look similar, even though they are in no way blood-related. I thought they were I'd forgot that then, or whether Amy just Maybe forgot. it's an in-joke. Maybe. Um, so so once uh, Kelly realises that Amy's okay with it and they're going to go off and, and leave her there, um, Adam says, no, you, you come with me, it's going to be fine. And Kelly's like, okay, fine, I'll get in the car with you, strange man. So Adam immediately starts saying, so... Tell me a life story. Like, where's, where's your, your dad, dad, for example? <laughs> he says, and I, and I had to put the subtitles on for this. He said, oh, me and them were used to be muckers. No, no. Yes. He's, he's pretending to be an old friend of Rick's. I don't really know. Um, I, Kelly didn't know that her dad was a massive wrong did she? I mean, she must have known, she must have known something, even if it was just from that office. So why he would have been friends with an aspiring lawyer back in the day, I don't know. Uh, criminals and lawyers are BFFs, Michael. Oh, I suppose. Yeah, maybe. I mean, half their clients are crooks. That's very true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, Adam um, finds out from his um, investigations that Gary is apparently the only person that Rick seems to be in contact with. He's like, hmm. Are you going to do the accent or... again? What's wind that's got that I've not? That was slightly better. So, um, Adam then goes and tells Imran that Rick's only touched with Gary, in touch with Gary. So, I mean, that they're starting to go, hmm. And then they get... Is this... And then they get a bunch of straws to see who's going to be the next creepy man to go and ask the teenage girl something. Yeah, oh, it's Ken. <laughs> Hello, children. <laughs> Do you want to see my kimono? <laughs> Wednesday, Gary goes to visit Laura Nealon and he has a go at her for abandoning her, well, she's her just daughter. In she's a random, a random friend's house, house in Rochdale. Um, and he says, "Look, if you don't stop, if you don't stop taking the money that Rick's sending you, no, sending for Oak Hill." For Oak Hill then I'm going to tell Rick this and he's not going to be very pleased to hear about it. So take your daughter back and let's, you know, let's call this an I don't end know to why it. Everyone, why he doesn't just say Rick says. Well, I don't know. I don't know. So um, they have also, a... Also, get your kid back because she's living with a vicar. Yes. So they have a meeting between the Neelands and Gary and Billy and Paul and they all encourage Kelly to move back in with her mum so she's so, like okay. and where's the social worker here this is what I don't understand there's a vicar it's fine He plays yeah that. the vicar's allowed he's been um, ordained as a social worker mm. as well by Jesus we see Sharon again Sharon the other loan shark and Gary's saying can you keep an eye on Imran and Adam for me this is just like a whole this. web spying of people spying on people each spying other spying on each other and, and spying on the other people's he's spying. like this is for Kelly's sake because there's these two creepy guys that are looking after, looking, asking her too many questions and following her around and she's Sharon's like, well, I don't really want to do that. Also, I don't like the idea of Kelly being back with her mum either because she's not a particularly um, a good shining person. example I of motherhood. I think that Gary is being awful here because he just wants Kelly, he just wants to give her the guilt money and 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 yeah. her to disappear. Keep paying and but he hasn't stopped to picture. think about the fact that if her mum is such a flighty madam that she's going to steal her child's tuition money and run away and abandoned, abandon her... She's really not suitable to be a parent at all. And it's not down to Billy, the local vicar, to decide whether or not she should move back with her or not. The social worker, surely, should be doing this. Yeah. And keeping Gary an eye on, checking up on her. But so, Gary just wants her to get out of his face. Mm. Um, Adam then goes and uses his power of um, 
creepy charm on Laura. He has a little bit of a flirt with her, having removed his wedding ring, because he wants to start asking her questions and finding out about Rick, I suppose. <laughs> Sharon's watching, watching this. <laughs> then he goes back and reports back to Imran Rotsky. I think, I don't know whether Imran at the this. moment is like, I don't care. Yeah, stop telling me about it. Imran, Imran's invested in this because he thinks it's related to Rana's death, doesn't he? It's all very tangled. And at the same time, Sharon's filling Gary in on what she's seen. So at the end of the episode, Laura drives Kelly away, though it seems they've got this new place on Inkerman Street, which is just five minutes down the road, apparently. And Gary kind of cheerfully waving um, Kelly off. But I don't think he realises that she's still going to be hanging around like a bag smell. Yeah, a bag, a bag smell. smell. And, she's, and which she demonstrates perfectly at the beginning of Friday's episode when she rocks up at the bus stop to go to school with Summer. Um, and Summer's like, what Adam is watching this. Yeah. And then um, he finds Laura at the cafe, the mum. Oh, yeah. Has a, his ring off again. Yeah, he has another flirt with her. She, she's down in the dumps because Kelly's falling behind at school. She's literally just started that school. Yeah, I know. She, is she falling behind in the past, like, two weeks? Or she is it just really like... Or, or is Weatherfield High saying... I don't know what they would be saying. She's been, she's been a little... Oak Hill flicky. told us she was a genius. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, uh, yeah, Adam, Adam starts chatting with her again. And that is where we're left. So, I don't... Right. Why does Adam care again? Adam's just got beef with Gary. Oh, yeah, that's It's all over over Sarah Louise, isn't it? His wife. It's like he's married to this woman who he still have an argument with Gary about. So, in order to get back at the man that he's mad about stealing his wife away from him, who he's married to and hasn't been stolen, he takes his wedding ring off. Is there anything... Is there any thing more symbolically stupid that, that... in the show so far than a man removing his wedding ring to pursue the man that is trying to get his wife off him who has has failed. I know. I'll tell you what, he's a, he's got a nomination for Dirty Dog this year is Adam. I know he hasn't done anything properly yet but if she did, if she, if she said I'm going to tell you everything if you take me to bed, bet he would. I want Sarah to find out about but this and give him a piece of her mind on? and a wonky finger. What does he think's going on? He's just desperate to find anything from anybody who knows anything about where what Rick's Maybe whereabouts might be because Rick, he doesn't because he knows Rick's a wrong one. So he, I guess if he, he thinks if he can track Rick down, he might be able to get some information off of him about yeah. what Gary's been up to. But I don't know why he thinks a random man who's a crimbo is going to tell Adam anything. I don't think I think you just supposed well, to just he's certainly very charming it didn't take very long for um, Laura to almost drop her knickers uh, for him Laura didn't he... need to hear a word out of his mouth she just had to look at his bum that's what she did when he put stuff in the car for her she's like ha 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 and I uh, know maybe Rick swings that way what? well maybe if, 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 if he thinks so that if I spoke to Rick I'm gonna well. yeah well he did have that poster of Tommy Orpington yeah he obviously likes a man with a nice physique <laughs> Well, there we go. Don't we all? Um, I, as, as animatedly as we're talking about this, I'm still not finding the I story am, in any way I'm gripping, I'm sorry more, to say. more fun to talk about it and to, to realise that there's just this massive web of... Yeah, it's more fun to talk about than actually to watch. Sharks. They've dragged <laughs> this on. This is like, oh, oh get and can on we with it. just ask the question about what the heck Fred Elliott was doing in the script this week? That was some poor scripting. And that was Ian Kershaw, who's usually fairly reliable, so I have to what, say. What's everyone... what the context? So, Adam... <sighs> Adam said he, 
he gave his name as Fred Elliot. Was it Adam or was it Gary? I don't understand it. It was Adam, I think. It was Adam. He'd told Laura. Had he? He told his name. No, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't really matter. It just Yeah, Adam had told somebody that his his name is Fred Elliot and he's one of Kelly's teachers, although we didn't see that happening because Laura says to... Yeah, it felt like there was a scene missing. Yeah, totally. Because Laura says, oh, I spoke to Fred Elliot and... and Everyone around the country... Everyone around the country is like, did I just hear that? It didn't make any sense. It's like... I think that's how it went You can't just chuck a name in there. It's not an Easter egg because Fred Elliot is not... It's not like... An obscure name from the 1960s. It's literally a, a, a famous character who was only in it about 20 years ago, 10, 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean, Adam and Fred's paths did cross. Adam would have been like, you know, 17, 18 or so when Fred died. But to pick a random name, it was lit- It was clearly, clearly there as fan service for Coronation Street fans. But it didn't work. But it, did, it didn't work. It just, it just left baffling. everybody baffled. So that was a bit of a swing and a miss there, unfortunately. And, I, you know, I love a Cory name drop as much as the next fan. It would have been but better if it had been somebody more obscure. I think that this story is already confusing enough about who knows what and who wants to find out what from what and who's keeping what secrets from whom. And then if you just throw in Fred Elliot, it's like, is he back from the dead now? Okay, I'll go along with this Coronation Street. Maybe yeah. I've missed something here. Yeah. Don't know, um, so that that was weird, but yeah, my my main my main problem with this story is just it's dragging on too long, and it feels like months. I don't know. Okay. I can't blame the lockdown and everything on Coronation Street, and it's not their fault. And it would have happened a lot quicker otherwise. But um, blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not into it. I'm into it because I know. I feel like I know where it's going. And I, I'm going to be, I know I'm going to be bitterly disappointed because it will not match up to my imagination. Yeah. What, is, is Gary still sending fees? Yeah. In the guise of Nick to, to Laura. But why is he to Laura? Is he doing that? Or was it being? But basically, basically. I think that's what happened. Gary wants, Gary wants her to go back to Oak, Oak Hill, right? Yeah. So does that mean that she's now going to go be going to school with Ali, um, Asha oh, and Ardi. It would be if in she a little ever does bit get of time. So he he's sending money to Oak Hill to Laura or to whoever it is in the full in the knowledge that it's not. Yeah, he's being, an idiot. Yeah, it's being used to to fund Laura's handbag collection or whatever. Oh, nice so idea. So he's he's probably pretty peeved about that. Well, he should stop sending it then. Mm. I I wonder whether Laura might start wondering, what why hasn't Gary told Rick? Because yeah, what's it, what's in it for him? Yeah, what's in it for him to keep it secret? Is he just you know a nice guy? No, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just pick up the pace on this on Coronation Street. I want uh, don't track it out. Oak Hill to be like, sorry, we can't take you back because we've just took these two idiots in. We've we've just heard from um, Weatherfield High that you're falling behind, Kelly, and we only we, could, we, we only take the creme de la creme. Exactly. Speaking of Oak Hill, yes, um, um, the the many titled dead story is coming up. Now. Alia and. Not, why do I keep saying Alia? I mean, Asha and Ardy still going to Oak Hill. Nothing really happened in this this week, did it? It was finishy offy. Is that supposed to be Asha? Yes, Asha I've written Alia. <laughs> as it uh, visits Nina when she's on a break and says, oh, 
a better day today than yeah, I did so yesterday. Yeah, so they went to school in the morning. There was the because funny it bit was of... Sunday yesterday. <laughs> there, there was the funny bit at the beginning of oh, the episode yeah. where um, Asher and Adi are being taken by Dev to school and Adi's saying, I don't need an escort. And that's just at the moment Jeff when Jeff comes is, out of her. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, um, She's still getting these begging texts from Corey and I think this is... The alarm bells are going off in my head here. I think she's going to be stupid and want to get back with him. Maybe. I, I really think she's, think she still, for she the moment, is. seems like she's enjoying the fact that she's he's getting attention. Begging. She's getting attention, and and she's a teenage girl, and we teach teenage girls that getting attention from boys and being attractive are the two most important things that could possibly happen to you when you're that age. So I do not, uh, you know, she's being conditioned by everybody. She needs to set her sights on one of these, you know, future lawyers, doctors, say. or whatever at Oak Hill. Got to network. Yeah, people with with all the money. Yeah, this is what my um my best friend from school. She never went to university, but she only ever wanted to go there so she could get herself a husband. Mm. <laughs> it's not very feminist. <laughs> Carla has a bit of a chat with Dev about the finances. Well, yeah, it's Dev about the school. She she's just saying like, oh, it's, it's, it's expensive, it's expensive, isn't it? But you know, they've got a new telescope there, so everybody seems know a lot of stuff about this local school and how much cool stuff they've got yeah i wouldn't have a clue <laughs> they probably have got billboards up around the ring road hey, or something seen our telescope? well we've seen you with it <laughs> how about that so on wednesday they come back from school deb's there he's taking time off work and he's happy to hear they've had a good day he's he seems to be saying how wonderful and lovely asha is but putting Ardy down and i also think this is going to develop into something because I would not be surprised if Ardy starts to feel a bit upset because he's already had his whole life turned up to down and he's got reason to blame Asha for it. it wasn't her fault, but he, she's the reason that he's not going to school with his friends anymore. Then he gets verbally abused by his dad just to make his sister look better. Must get a bit sick of it that, after that a while. That wasn't the best example of parenting we've seen. Dad's not really ever, doing it? a good job with Ardy. No. He's, he's making Asha feel good about herself, but that's not the point anyway um he says oh i'll treat you guys to speed dial for takeaway because ash ash is trying to get fancy meals out of him and he's like we can't really afford that so he gives him some money to go to go to speed dial and they come back and he um mary's giving him money for it and he's like no i don't need your money mary and she's like look i know you're struggling so just take it and he's standing there with money in his hand and then they come back and he wants his change and Asha's like, actually, it costs more, so you owe Ardy money, and Ardy just takes the money out of his hands. <laughs> so they've gone and spent God knows how much on all this takeaway, which I felt really resonated with me, because that's what I do. Sarah <laughs> always buys far much more yeah, than we need. Yeah, but then we eat it for we several do. days. We do, we do. Um, so uh, they have a nice meal, and then Asha thanks Dev for everything he's done. That was sweet scene. I really like, I've said this before, I really enjoy the father-daughter scenes that we're getting with Asha and Dev. Everything Alahan I'm loving at the moment. Well, just the the nice family meal that they had and like happy and smiley and close together. I love that. But, you know, underneath the happy family exterior, there is bubbling money worries. And so we see Dev vlogging quick loans and I think that this is only going to get worse as it goes along because Asha is now going to be Asha and Adi going to be surrounded by rich kids with rich kids stuff rich kids pastimes rich kids holidays and clothes and shoes mm. and they're going to start realising that they're the odd ones out they're the, they're the poor kids in the rich school mm. they probably at 
um, where they high, they would probably, you yeah, know, in the top. Happen, yeah. yeah. And so they're not going to really enjoy the status and they're going to start thinking that they need to have all the bits to keep up with the other kids. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of pressure on them. Yeah. I, I, I'm wondering whether Dad's going to go to old Gary for money. I did not even think of this. I'm very proud of you for writing that down. It could be possible that Dev gets a loan from Gary, who is the local loan shark. Yeah, I mean, Gary, I mean, is he's... Is he not doing it at the moment? Is he just concentrating on the furniture side of things? Well, you know that Sharon is doing it. Well, he could go to Sharon for it, couldn't he? Well, he needs to know who he can go to. Yeah. I don't think he knows that Gary's a loan shark. No. Has Sharon... Has she, has she got a webpage or Google link to her? Sharon'sQuickLoans.com Maybe, maybe. Um, I, I don't know whether those two stories need to mix, necessarily. Well, it does seem a bit strange to have a character that needs money and a loan shark yeah. and not put the two together if he spends all this time finding them and, and he, he finds that there's one just living around the corner he's going to kick himself that he wasted it I know well mm. Gary should put a sign in the in the cabin window <laughs> need some quick cash that this story feels like it's going on a bit of a break for the moment and maybe next time when we revisit it in weeks months time that the devs um going to be in much worse financial straits I do um, I can imagine us not hearing anything about it until we suddenly get Sharon knocking on Dev's door and Gary saying what the heck's going on and then we find out that Dev's been borrowing money from her maybe maybe who knows who knows Um, Scott's next which um, was today's episode very much felt like Here's a load of news stories. I know, it's like, quickly, put this in. Yeah, so Carla seems to have a, a, a mysterious stranger appearing in her life. Well, we had, we had like, an, a return of an old story that we've all forgotten about, and then a new yeah. one turned up. Yeah, the, the, the old Scott, the English Scott, the guy who's been <laughs> living in the Rovers for who knows how long. Two months, probably. Yeah. Um, so this is the it, guy who who facilitated Johnny and Jenny running away to France, basically, so that Jen- Johnny could avoid avoid Scott, who is an old acquaintance and co-worker. And he also seemed his. to be having a bit of a fling with Liz, didn't and he? And we don't know. Do we know the background there? No, well, we, we learn we a bit more about it. We know that Johnny really... couldn't wait to get out of Dodge as quick as possible when Scott yeah. showed up on the scene. So um, Carla and, and, and Scott are talking at the beginning of the episode and the conversation turns to Johnny, um, who um, Scott refers to as a hard taskmaster. And Carl's like, what, you know him? And he's like, oh, yeah, we... I we, thought you were in that scene. We are all muckers from way back. I thought he wasn't Scottish. No, he's not. He's not Scottish. That was just my Adam impression again. Because Adam, Adam and Rick were old, but he's saying they're all muckers. And Johnny and Scott were old muckers as well. Wow. Carla said, that's weird. I don't weird. think I'm drunk enough for this. Carla says, that's weird. Why didn't Johnny say anything when you arrived that you used to know each other? And I'm just thinking, I think it's odd that this hasn't come up. This guy has been staying in the the pub for the best part of a decade, it's felt. (laughs) And and he's not emerged from from the Brovers, because I've not seen him walking about on the street. And he's he's been living there for so long, but only now has decided it's awkward to have breakfast in the breakfast room. Yeah. And and now he decides that this is the perfect time to drop the the fact that he is um he knows Johnny, and he wasn't like he's doing it on purpose, isn't he? He's it's not that 
he's definitely he wants he kind of wants the truth about whatever whatever dirt he's got on johnny he seems to want it to come out i've got to tell you now well it turns out that whatever dirt it is stretches all the way back to the 1970s which where he has a few stories about the 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 scrapes that he and johnny got into what did they say that we used to just you know find work together or something i don't know they're very dodgy but they 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 yeah uh, hard-working lads yeah he's got ladder, many he? stories but one thing he can tell her is that johnny loved her mum and carla has to kind of awkwardly say uh sorry louise it wasn't my mum and um, the guy's like oh he obviously didn't then <laughs> she said it was sharon donovan and, and he's Scott's like, oh, like oh yeah that sharon <laughs> yeah the old, the the old, old bike. bike yeah <laughs> No, he doesn't say that. Uh, he says, "Look, I'm, I'm sorry, Ka- Carla. Carla seems to be, um, yeah, a bit annoyed that he's raking up parts of her past well, that she's she'd not rather really not." That interested either. So he's like, "Yes." How how interested would you really be with this man, sort of, that you have to live with, going, "Oh, you know, your dad went in the seventies. We used to work together." No, like, I'd find that really interesting. Yeah, but doing what? Doing what? I don't know. Well, your dad came was an engineer. You'd be bored in five said, minutes. If somebody said, oh, I, I was one of your dad's friends in the 70s, oh, we got into all sorts of scrapes together. I think you're overestimating right? like, oh, tell me what, what kind of scraps your dad would have got into. Yeah, but oh, I don't know. Anyway, he leaves you're it. You're talking such rubbish. No, I'm not. You are. Like, everybody knows that when you get stuck with some old random relative or family friend and they start talking to you, five minutes tops... Is all you can really cope with. <laughs> and then you're like, look, can you just write this down and email it to me or something? It's really great and fascinating. It's, it's left but with tell me later. Scott saying, telling Carla that her dad was a good bloke, but we all have history. Oh, well, we know so about history. He has definitely got something on Johnny, uh, but we have to wait a little bit longer to find out what it is. And uh, then, then the, the, other sec- the other Scott comes in, the Scottish lady comes in to the cabin um, asking to borrow £10 from Cathy and Brian, which she's clearly concocted some sort of story about needing money for a taxi or something. When she My car's broken down. Probably needs it and for drugs or something. And Cathy knows that she's she's um, not going to get, she's, she's get this money back, but she hands it over anyway, and Toya's there as well, saying, oh, you're going to have a £5 as well. And so this this mysterious stranger thinks that all the Christmases have come at once here. So. Like this, this lot are a bunch of idiots. Yeah, and, and then Brian, um, when the woman's gone, says, you, you do know that she's... She's scamming you, don't you? And um, I can't, was it Toya that said um, sometimes people are too ashamed of the truth, or they, they they lie, but yeah, they lie because they're too ashamed of the truth. So that was Toya's... a very poetic way of saying they know if you if they said to you, "Can I get have money to get wasted?" You'd say no. Yeah, basically. Um, so <laughs> um, Carla tells Peter about Johnny knowing Scott. That doesn't go anywhere else. Peter thinks it's a bit odd, but. The, the that's la- it, isn't it, about the Scots? I think that's yeah. it about that Scott. Yeah. So the lady, Scottish lady, they didn't give her a name. I'm sure they didn't name her. I, don't, I haven't written it down anyway. Maybe I should have looked we'll in the credits. Her, what should you call her? Fanny. Fanny. Goes to ask Sean. She goes and says, so is this, is this your boss? You, you, you regular here and you work here? So tell me about tell me about that person behind the bar. And and Sean is, uh, says, oh, Miss, Mrs. Connor, she's the queen of everything. She's wonderful. Fan um, service. Yes, uh, it was it was rather, wasn't it? So um, Brian then comes into the pub a bit later on, sees this woman from earlier sitting there, and he has a go at her for, for deceiving them, for, for getting this money off of his Cathy and Toya. And Carla hears that there's a bit of commotion going on, 
and she's like, basically and says she doesn't no. want the fight. She's like, if you've got a problem she with this, she didn't get it off Brian, you there. It's some. It's outside the pubs. So take it. Take it outside. Go away. Take it outside. Go and go and go and bother someone else. Yeah, and the lady says thanks, Carla. So Carla's says, like. Hmm. No problem, Fanny. How did you know my name? How did you know I was did you, Fanny? Did you tell her my name, Sean? And he's like, oh, I don't know, maybe I did. I can't remember. He didn't, did he? He, he, he I'm did. pretty sure he called her Mrs. Connor, but which is a hangover from when Sean used to work for her at the factory. After that, Kathy comes to the bar and says, Carla, can I have another one of these? So anybody could have called her Carla at any point. Yeah, yeah. But quite. I don't think that's the point. I think that she does know that this is Carla. And then I, we see her... I don't know if I, was Car- if I was Carla, whether I'd be that confused. I would just assume that if I, if somebody, if I'm a landlady, oh, she's not a landlady, no, if I'm well, running a pub, if I'm, if I'm the boss of the pub and somebody's been sitting in that pub, all afternoon somebody might, might have picked well up my it. name yeah i know yeah so carla is finding suspicion maybe when normally well, you wouldn't but well everybody in this street are spying on each other or employing people to spy on each other <laughs> yeah. for them so well, this woman is just taking part in the weatherfield tradition because she starts filming carla on her phone oh yeah she did didn't she yeah exactly um, maybe she works for that other guy Maybe, the maybe, maybe, and she um she uh, confronts Carla in the toilets at the end of the episode, and um Carla's look if you got beef with me let's let's sort it out in in the bar. I don't, I don't want to talk to you in the toilet. I don't want to talk to you I've in the just toilet. Been in there and it's and, and the closing line of the episode is strange Scottish stranger saying, "Do you really want your pals to find out how I know you?" Again, great. Thank you for adding that color to this podcast. It's okay. Um, right, so I mean, I'm guessing that pretty soon on Monday's episode, we're going to find out what this is. Carla's, whatever it is, this woman is determined that she knows Carla. Which and she Carla doesn't has, know her for a good reason either. Carla has completely bad. forgotten about She didn't it. like come up to her and go, oh my God, I can't believe I found you at last. No. You were that lovely woman who rescued me from the river. Yeah, if, if, if she We had... used to go to school together and I've been looking for you because you inspired me to go to Borneo and work with children. Yeah, so she, she's got some dirt on Carla, it seems. You've well. written nice voice in any case. I, th- I thought that she weird, had a lovely voice. Considering the impression that you just did of her. I can't do it very well, but no, I, to, I, it, I, I loved it so much. I just wanted to try a little tribute. Um, yeah, so, I mean, uh, I, I don't want to really particularly theorise about that because I, I read incredibly minor spoilers about it. I don't know very much, but I know enough that there's no well, point me theorising about it. for some reason, you it. decided to tell me what the spoilers were. What? And I didn't ask you. But I thought that she was related, like a sister, to Carla because they've both got very dark hair. And all this stuff with um, with Scott being part of Johnny's past and the the fact that they brought up her mother as mm. well I thought that was all very suspicious yeah I mean the the, the Scott thing the, the Scott it's weird having two mysterious strangers in kind of the same story yeah going on not know to be related at all past, but it's certainly Carla. possible <laughs> I don't particularly have any more theories on Scott now because really think... all today's episode did was confirm what we already knew that can I just there's point something, something dodgy going on in Scott and Johnny's Scott past as well Carla must have been born in the 70s. I assume so. And he says um, he knew he knew both the parents. He knew Louisa and he knew Johnny. Yeah. So why did he not stop to think to himself? I don't remember him having this kid. 
me and your dad were so close, but I didn't pay any attention to any of his children. I didn't well, count them, and I didn't work out how many there were. But Johnny, Johnny didn't raise Carla. No, I know he didn't. So don't you think Scott would have noticed? Who does Scott think Carla is? Some illegitimate Connor. Well, he knows that now. Yeah. But at the time, he didn't, did he? No. He knew that. He knew that. He knew that Carla was Johnny's daughter. No, I don't think he did. Yes, he did, because he said, "I and he loved your mum," and she's like, "Louise is not my mum." He just assumed. I think he thought that Carla must have come along after this falling out that me and Johnny had, or whatever. So, and I can only assume that you are Sharon's daughter. I don't think there's anything suspicious there. Uh, you don't think it's suspicious that he's supposed to be really, really close with with Johnny, but he didn't work out how many kids he's got, or think it's strange that suddenly there's this girl child that he didn't know about who would have been born at exactly the same time that he was supposedly friends with this guy. I don't know, I don't know. I don't... I... Do you not think that's weird? No. I think that's very weird. I'm I'm not, not as much as you. I don't know. That... I've got nothing particularly more to say about this story. This is all going to come Alison out next King week, isn't it? Alison King was born in 1973. Yeah. So you'd think that... We will find out whether there's anything more to come for that next I just week, think, where I, I don't, assume the story's I don't think there's a mystery. I just think that the scriptwriters didn't think about the fact that if they knew each other in the 70s, unless he literally means from 1970 to 1972, you mean your dad were best of mates... And then I never heard from him again. Well, uh, I, I guess Johnny must have cut ties with him before Carla was born. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so finally, we had this. Um, oh, no, we didn't. Not finally yet, because we have got that epic yarn of Daniel at the end of the episode. Um, there was a tiny bit more of the Ollie Wobbles story. It's a nice toy in the end scenes. Um, Turns out that Nick's back at work. No, sorry, Leanne is back at work, which Toya thinks is a bit strange considering everything that's going on with Oliver. And um, and Nick says, oh, no, she's, she's fine. She she can handle it. She's tough. Which, um, I don't know. She, she, I don't think she can. I don't know why Nick was saying that. Nick, Toya definitely doesn't seem sure about Leanne returning quite this soon. And then um, when she goes round to Leanne and Nick's flat later on, she can see that Leanne's really, really struggling with this. Leanne's bringing her videos of um, of Ollie playing with Legos or something like that. And he, he used to build things with his blocks and now he's just bashing them together. He's he's not getting any better. He's a lot worse than he was like a month or so ago. Um, and she's starting to get panicky. And even though she had previously known... Or she, it was Steve that was doing the, the Googling before about the symptoms, wasn't it? And now um, she's starting to think that I'm going to have to start doing some Googling here. I need to find out what to do. I'm, I'm just All I'm doing is keeping myself busy looking after this child to stop myself from worrying about the, the, the clear fact that he's deteriorating. So she starts voggling stuff. Toya doesn't think it's a very good idea, but she thinks probably the most important thing to do is just to support her dear sister through this trauma that she's going through. And that was about it. So I guess it carries on next week. Yeah. Any anything, any thoughts on this one? Just ramping up for next week, I suppose, isn't it? She's not going to find anything good. 
Do you think she's going to find... She's going to find all the stuff that we found. Yeah. Which is basically to say, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but your, your kid's, kid's not going to make it. Not Perhaps not going to even survive this, let alone get better. Mm-hmm. I, th- I don't know whether Toya could have maybe done a little bit more to dissuade her from I think Toya her. should have probably suggested that she does some research and lets Leanne know what she finds out. Mm. Rather than saying, yes, let's just sit here and do something you've been expressly told not to do by the doctor. <laughs> I wonder why the doctor would tell you that. Because normally the doctor's like, you know, here you go, is a great resource on this website. Or there's a great um, support group here. You can find out more people that have got the same thing as you. Why don't you join this group and talk to them? The doctor's like, never find out anything unless uh, I tell you. To be honest, I think she's shown surprising restraint that she I hasn't have gone Googled straight so home I think most of us would have... Yeah, straight away. Yeah, I, me too. I Loaded wouldn't have that computer. hesitated. I would have got my phone out during the appointment. Mm. It, I did think it was interesting that we're seeing a little bit more of Leanne's vulnerable side in this because it did seem that up until this point she was completely oblivious to the fact that Ollie is in a quite a serious condition here but it turns out that she she does kind of know and she's just trying to shove those thoughts to the back of her mind and keep herself occupied. Yeah. Tragic stuff. Yeah. More, please. Horrible. Daniel. Well, guess what, everybody? Daniel has found out that Bertie loves avocados. avocados. And how many avocados is the right amount for a small baby to eat? According to Daniel, it's a dozen. And the child's now decided that he doesn't like avocados. And now Daniel's got to eat guacamole for a week. Mm. I can tell you lots of recipes to make with avocado that are not is not guacamole daniel <laughs> and i'm actually quite surprised that a, an intelligent gentleman as such as yourself has such a limited repertoire and, and somebody who recipes. used to live in the uh, not live in the work in the bistro as well i bet i bet he robert does some there's avocados coming out oh, there's a, in most of the menu um so ken and adam realize they've been paying attention to daniel so they go and visit him and realize he's boring Basically, that Ken goes over and is like, I knew there's a reason why I haven't visited you at all since you came back. It's because you're a boring turd. And all you do is talk about your kid and avocados. This is, this is what normally happens to women. So it's about time it happened to a man. Mm. And and people want like, oh, why why is it the only thing he can think of? Because it's the only thing he's got to do all day long. Of course, your brain and your life revolves around this child that's trying to kill itself all the time. I feel really bad for Daniel because he hasn't got any friends, has he? No, he hasn't. Well, I wonder he's why. Just lit- I can't remember how long he's supposed to have been back from Scotland now, but it seems like it's a fair while since he returned and we haven't seen him since then. So he's just been knocking oh. about in his flat with his baby. I wonder why nobody likes him. Is it because he went around telling everybody they can go and get stuff because he wants to shag the woman who looks exactly like his dead wife and he died three months previously to that? Oh, I feel sorry. I've forgiven him for that. Oh, so- sorry, everybody. I know, I- I know I'm molesting this sex victim. <laughs> But she looks like my wife. How am I supposed don't to... Don't be so harsh on poor Daniel. What you do you mean? tragedies. I don't care. Right. That was it. That seems like it was a fairly quick street talk this Daniel's week. Daniel's an because avocado pervert. I, I don't... I, looking back on the week, it feels like Nothing not happened. Lot much happened. There was, there was a lot of con- continuation of what was happening. And it seemed like things were starting to happen last week and then maybe they did happen this week. I mean, by far... The, the standout scene of the week, I would say, was the stuff between Alia and Yasmin when she was having her meeting. 
um, in, yeah. in the prison. Both of the, really good, Sarah and of course, Sarah and yeah. Shelley were both fantastic, and still surprising myself to being sort of cheering on Arya during this. So um, that that was great, and that, but you know the the Sally starting to twig. We she was starting to twig last week. She started to twig this week a little bit more. Let's move things up next week, maybe, Corey. Um, as I said, I wasn't... Okay, Michael, I'm writing it all down. I said, Dan, he did do it. Um, I'm, well, I wasn't that excited by the, the, the Gary story. Nothing happened with Dev. The, the Carla mystery is intriguing, but there's not a whole lot to go on yet. Um, and, and the others were Carla's just a bit... Carla's storylines have been subpar for a long time. But maybe this is a chance. The factory to stuff go back was to the good. Of old. The bit where the bit where she thought she saw Haley was really great. That was a really great episode. But if this is more Carla's struggling with yeah, I, I need this. Health, this needs to be Carla's chance comeback. to to yeah, yeah, Carla's comeback. Exactly, it does, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. But hopefully, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more Carla and Peter stuff as well because they've been together as a couple again for like a year and a half now. Do you reckon... We've not seen a whole lot of it. Who? Peter. Oh. Just... I, I like Carla and Peter together. Yeah, right. Um, it's not my character of the week though. Um, I'm gonna. What are you gonna give it? Three. It oh, was yeah. all right. It was it was all right. It the, the, the Yasmin stuff was great and everything else was just okay. I'm going to give it three. Um, Three, three, three. Um, what? What do you think this word is? Teng lassies. Why have you written teng? Because that's how Adi described no, you've got the it wrong. It's peng. Peng lassies. Peng I'm going to give much. it... You don't know what peng means? You're not even... I don't even know you. I'm going to give this three peng lassies out of five. Teng lassies. What are you giving it? What's your character of the week? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what it isn't. It's not Flimmin' Alex in the, cab- in, in the cafe because he was a massive ass this week. <laughs> he was stroppy about reusable cups. And it was like, Adam, like, he's like, have you brought a reusable cup into the cafe? And he's like, no, why not? Shut up, just give me a cup of coffee, Alex. <laughs> and then he was having a go at Laura about how much milk she was having in her tea or something he's, in today's he's getting, episode. He's getting very strident in there. He's though, getting too he? big for his boots, oh, is Alex. Oh, so, do you? Yeah, so he's not my character of the week. I've, I've, I've wanted to mention him before and I didn't get a chance. Um, I, I'm going to give character of the week to... Um, I'm going to I'm gonna say... I'm going to say Alia because she gave Yasmin the boost that she needed to plead not guilty in court. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you about Alia. She was going to be my character of the week. It's either her or Yasmin, I think. Or, or Sally. The fact that Sally's been brave not, to, to no. go against her husband. No, you should always be unafraid to challenge your husband at any point in time. And if you're scared <laughs> of him, then it's time to kick him to the curb, that's what I say. What are you scoring at? I'm going to give it three and a half avocado perverts. <laughs> I'll never forgive him for that. <laughs> okay, well, an all right week of Corrie this week. Um, it, but it, it really felt like a, a week of two halves, really. Well, with Fridays ask? being the beginning of things that will hopefully um, intrigue me more next week. Or will be developed more next week. Why, of, of all the things to make out of avocado, for that, the character of Daniel, why did he not make avocado toast? That's the most hipstery thing. We know that it exists in Weatherfield because they had it in um, Roy's. You might. Daniel's the kind of guy who would eat avocado toast, morning, <laughs> night, 
and day. That is it but for it our street delicious. talk section this week, ladies and gentlemen. And a poached egg. Time to move on to the cabin. Yummy. <laughs> Okay, we've got the cabin. Welcome to the cabin, the news section of the podcast. And there is a whole heck of a lot of Coronation Street news that came out this week. Very pleasantly, a lot of it was pretty spoiler-free as well, because they've been back filming in Media City. Hang on. We just need to say, um, we we warned you that this was going to happen previously, and now it's happening. We are covering coronavirus in the podcast. Oh, yes. We're not doing it separately. So if you don't want to hear about it... Don't listen to it. But this there's some there's some section. good stuff. There is some there's good stuff. There's nothing horrible about here. nothing bad or scary or anything to talk about. It's all very positive. So that's that's why we've decided to move it into the main podcast. Yes, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. Very, very, that's very true. So um, they had a um, they they went back to work at the beginning of this week. There was um, press conference um, to, with various members of the press speaking to Ben Price, Jane Danson, in McLeod. Um, a few others may be on Wednesday, I'm going to say. Yes, still uh, Our invite obviously must have got lost in the virtual post again for that one. Um, and so it's it's all starting to come out about what the safety measures are that have been put in place at Coronation Street, which we we talked about before anyway, didn't we, on the podcast. But now it's happened. We, we've got a bit more information about that and a little bit about um, how Corrie's going to be going forward over the next few months, fingers crossed. If we don't get another lockdown or anything again. But before we go over that news, we've got a little bit of a visitor to the, to the cabin. It's got somebody who Somebody's wants... knocking on that cabin door. Hello, it's me. <laughs> yeah, so we better go and turn over the sign to, uh, to open and, and let him in. This is the uh, interview that I was teasing earlier with Charlie DeMello, where he tells us about his experiences. All right, Charlie, how you doing? Hi, Mike, I'm very well, thank you. Nice to see you. Lovely to see you. Yeah, it's been, it's been forever. I know it has, hasn't it? It's been too long. We've not been able to meet up properly in real life, thanks to this pandemic. That's, well, that's true. And there's been less Corrie, so there's been less for us to, to you, do interviews. You don't see me when Corrie's... <laughs> I still... I'm missing <laughs> seeing you. You better get Yasmin off, yeah, you know. Yes, well, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, people will be coming after me like... Uh, uh, well, because usually any case that I get involved with ends... ends so, so hopefully, hopefully this one goes a little better. Yeah. So how how's your lockdown been? What's it been like for you the last couple of months? Now, to my shame, it has actually been quite nice. You know, <laughs> um, I I I'd heard I'd gotten wind that lockdown was going to come into effect, and so I went to go. Uh, visit my parents beforehand, and they they live in the country. They have the dog, obviously, who I love. Um, and so I went down there, lockdown gets enforced, and so then I'm basically in the middle of the country with the dog, beautiful weather, and not a huge amount to actually sort of worry about, like, because I don't have any dependents or anything, mm. so it was actually, to my shame, I, I actually had quite a nice time. You know? I know, I think um, we're kind uh, of the uh, same. It, it feels, it feels, it feels bad to say good. it, doesn't it, but... It does feel quite bad to say, but... Right. Um, and the, the nice weather, yeah. you know... Yeah, you know, I had it been lashing with rain, like it seems to have been as soon as we're all back at work. I know. Uh, then it would have been a lot more grim. But yeah, as it stands, yeah, it could have been a lot worse yeah. for me. Anyway. So now you're back in Manchester. What's it like being there, your second home? <laughs> uh, 
No, it's good. It's good. I've missed the the gig a lot. Like I really missed the you know going to work and all the people and all that sort of stuff. But it's it is strange because though there are people there, there's obviously there's far fewer of them, hmm. and we're having to uh, engage at such a distance and in, in so briefly because the, the the idea being that you know you don't want people to kind of congregate too much and whatnot. Mm. So it's um, yeah, it, it, it's odd. It's it's it feels you know like a kind of transition period back towards normality. Yeah. But um, as it stands, yeah, it's it's odd. It's, uh, but yeah, we're, we're we're making the best of it so far. Had you been? I mean, to what extent were you kept up to date with you know Corey's returns for film uh, plans for returning to filming while the lockdown was in place? There was pretty regular communication uh, throughout the lockdown. Um, you know, uh, you know th- these are our intentions as to when we're going to be getting back. Um, and uh, and I don't know if they wavered a huge amount on that. I think I think they were pretty. They they, they managed to get back pretty much on schedule. Mm. And then as uh, the weeks kind of commenced and. Uh, and 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 that start date looked more and more likely. They started sending us, um, you know, memos and things like that, and 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 rules and regs about how the building was going to be run yeah, from yeah. now on. Uh, you know, did, uh, what the new expectations, n- not only for the building itself, because they 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 have done a huge amount of work there, but also you know on an individual basis you know what is expected of you as a person mm. to hold up your end of making sure that this kind of quite counterintuitive um uh, you know social distancing and you know because when you're around friends and colleagues you know it is it does feel quite counterintuitive to remain at a distance and all that sort of stuff you know to, so making sure that we all have uh, an awareness of our own responsibility in making sure that Essentially, we, that we keep each other and ourselves safe. Yeah. So, what are some know? of the what are some of the measures that Corey's put in place then to to make sure you you do that? I've heard you got a two meter pointing a uh, sort of poking stick from Dave, the security <laughs> guard. Yes, security Dave has got his big pokey stick, which he, I'm sure he's thrilled about. <laughs> um, no, they've been pretty comprehensive with it. Like from the second you walk in the building, there are there are hand washing stations at the door. Mm. Um, you, uh, there are, so for our um, listeners to picture this, imagine going into Weatherfield General through the front doors, into the hospital. Yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, is it no, not that not one? No, not those front doors. Oh, okay. Um, because they're, because they're narrow and there's a turnstile there, so we wouldn't be able to maintain social distancing. And, okay. Um, so you, if you're facing those sort of the regular entrance, yeah, uh, just. To the left of the, oh, you know, your left of those, there's like a, um, uh, um, like, uh, what's the word for it now? Like, a, uh, like, uh, we wheel like food and like stock and stuff like that, like big wide open doors and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, did, did, does I, this make sense? Does I think, anything? yeah, big like hanger, yeah, it's also, yeah, I think, like a, yeah, kind of like a hanger, yeah, um, and uh, so just, just through there, there are. A couple of medical professionals uh, there. One of whom takes your temperature mm-hmm. uh, with a little like thing at the forehead, little sort of infrared type thing on the forehead. Uh, gives you a little ding, 
you, you're asked, you know, have you had uh, an unusual cough recently, a fever, spike in, uh, uh, you know, temperature, whatever. You know, you, and then there are masks. There is hand gel, which you know, which you're able to take and, and use. Um, there are hand washing stations everywhere. Yeah. And throughout the entire building, from the second you walk in, there are um, delineations across the floor. Uh, marking out two meters mm. so that at no point can you know can you get within uh, that also arrows so to to dictate what the one-way system now is around the yeah. building to make sure that at no point are two people going to cross in opposite directions um and there are there, so instead of having our dressing rooms uh because usually you know, we have you're allocated a room. That's your room. You're sharing with whoever or not, um, and that's where you live. Whereas what they've done now is they're basically having us. Well, with the reduced number of casts, this obviously helps. Uh, but so they're spacing us out as much as they can. It's only ever going to be one person per room, mm. and depending on who's in and when. Um, you you may well end up going from your uh, sorry for example I I was in David Nielsen's room for, yeah. for this week uh, n- next week I'm back in my old uh, room um, and each night they they're deep cleaned they're disinfected all the sort of stuff so that at no point are two people going to be put yeah. in the same room and be in close proximity with one another. Um, so, uh, and then there's the, there's the the stuff on set itself which is. So the, um, uh, people are doing their own hair and makeup, which doesn't affect me a huge amount because I've got far less hair than I usually have, <laughs> which is which is actually ended up proving really helpful. Um, do, you, and, do you still have to have I don't know, like the screen makeup or whatever? I I don't know I, about these things. Yeah, I, I I for whatever reason I don't have a huge amount, and I don't know if that's unique to me or if that's just uh, but that's just generally the, the way things are uh, because I, I, I'm not entirely sure. I think it varies person to person. Yeah. So luckily, all I really need to uh, be on top of is um, uh, making sure that the hair looks as close to what it used to as possible. So just basically kind of just dig yeah. a parting out and um, put on uh, what they call anti-shine, mm. which is... Um, uh, just to kind of combat the uh, the kind of glare yeah. off my shiny face the from the lights, from the, from the lights and yeah. stuff. So it's actually super simple. Um, I mean, I'm sure I've still managed to cock it up somehow, but uh, <laughs> the uh, the actual process isn't all that all that hard. Yeah. Um, How's everyone else been it, finding that? Have you been speaking to any other cast members who've had a lot to do to get ready and are struggling, or are they are they doing all right? I actually haven't heard anything so far. There haven't been any complaints so far because I think if um, you you tend to wear a lot of uh, you you tend to wear any makeup at all mm. in your daily life, then I imagine the process of putting it on at work is you know isn't yeah. you know that that much different to uh, the way you might do it at home. So I actually haven't heard too many complaints. Yeah, um, yeah I can't uh, think of anyone it. who whose makeup on Curry is vastly different to how they would look in, you know, in the real world. Yeah, I think um, if you're getting to, uh, when 
when you start getting into the position where people are, if they have like stage, uh, stage or whatever, like wigs mm. or uh, you know stuff that's quite uh, um, very you know, specific yeah. in that way, then that probably would be quite difficult. And I imagine if there's somebody with like a cut, if they if they've had an accident or they're in a fight in a scene or something, yeah, then... stress well, I mean, well, um, uh, Ian Bartholomew, Jeff, um, he has a giant bottle. Of course, know, yeah. Across his throat. And so that'll be interesting as to how they manage to work their way around that. Because it, it, it may well be a case where, you know, you can allude to something or you can cover it up with, you, can, you know, have a, have the bandage over it or, or, or if he's wearing just high neck. Mm. tops for a little while you know yeah possibly in lots of scarves in know. july a lot of yeah, <laughs> yeah um so that would be interesting to see how they deal with that but that you know mercifully for me at least that doesn't actually yeah. it's, it's not a worry of mine so that's, that's something that yeah the party's gonna have to uh, uh sort out with the makeup team yeah and for what i understand they do have uh pretty uh, rigid um, safety measures in place in that department because mm. um, when people do have to go in uh, to get makeup done, uh, so that you know people are going to be at a distance, they're, they're going to be gloved. I think for the most part, it's going to be uh, the, the attempt at least is going to be trying to talk people through stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, but then they're all they're, they have full face coverings as well, like those giant kind of plastic visors. Yeah. You know the kind of things that's like yeah, a sneeze guard. I think. Mm. Yeah, from from what I understand, based on uh, certainly from the, uh, the 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 government at least, I think Corey have actually gone, you know, way way mm. not overboard. They've gone they've gone way beyond, beyond uh, yeah, what the absolutely. recommendations uh, right. are. Did you did, yeah. mean, did you feel safe? Yeah, at no point did I feel unsafe at all. Yeah. Like I I went to go do the big shop. Uh, the other day and that was absolute chaos oh I know tell uh, me about it it said that um, the, the the situation at Curry is it, it's been really well regimented mm. and unlike you know uh, elsewhere you know actually in daily life the rules have been made very clear yeah this is what's expected of you this is what uh, um, uh, you know these are the, the measures that we are implementing mm. and it becomes very easy to follow when things aren't ambiguous like that you know? yeah. Who, yeah. Who, who, tell who me what to do it? and I'll do it well basically yeah as long as everyone um, follows the rules everyone's responsible in some way aren't they and that's that's part of the reason you have people like Security Dave yeah. on set um, to kind of act as that kind of arbiter of safety mm. just making sure that people you know are uh, maintaining that stuff because you know the temptation obviously is there because you you know for the most part you're working with you know really good friends as mm. well as colleagues yeah. and, uh, you, and you do want to you know hear about you know what's been going on for the last few months yeah so who, who was the first friendly face that you saw sort of cast wise I suppose that, that we're gonna know I was I was first on set with uh, Ben Price yeah. and uh, Jane Danson mm-hmm. both of whom are a delight like you know, um, uh, you know, uh, particularly Jane, because she, uh, you know, ever since I first started, really, um, she's just been this 
just you know you see her name on a call sheet and it is you know you it puts you so at ease because she's yeah. so lovely yeah. um so that was that was really nice um because you're you're filming well this past week you've been filming pickups or bits that you started filming before lockdown didn't you just kind of finishing that yes. off first yeah this is stuff that um that yeah the, so we are basically we are as people and as a cast and as a crew and all that stuff we are acting under lockdown rules but mm. we're not really addressing it directly because this is stuff that has to tie in yeah with uh, the episodes and scenes that we started shooting months mm. ago so it, it would it, it just it wouldn't really have worked i don't think there's no place to have put oh by the way oh, this pandemic oh what a nightmare like it, it, it wouldn't have uh it wouldn't have had anywhere really to go but i think from um next week onwards there are at the very least going to be kind of allusions to it mm. you know people um you know, commenting on the the, the way that their behaviours had to change, and yeah. um, the way that I think, at least, I haven't, I don't know if I've got any of these myself, but I've, I, I'm pretty sure that the way that businesses are going to be run, um, that's going to be very different. Um, so, are you? So yeah, no, are, no. are they? Are the scenes carrying directly on from what you've been filmed, or is it a two months later? You know. Oh the... no, no, no! Like because because the show. Because it, it never went dark. Yeah. So, like, so say um, there's X amount left to go. There's what, like, half a dozen, maybe a bit more, something like that. I can't remember what I. This isn't something I heard from them. This is something I read in the paper. So, I might be <laughs> um, so it's just going to like jump in onto the stuff that should have aired like in mid-May or something, yeah. but is in fact going to wear sometime in July. There isn't going to be like a time skip or anything. Is that what you're... Is that what you're yeah, thinking? that's what I'm... Yeah, for, from after you've picked, Phil, finished off what you were filming back in for February, March time to what you're going to be filming, the new it stuff. Certainly doesn't, it certainly doesn't look like that uh, from the stuff that I've read, although that is the kind of thing that, you know, if they put just like a title card uh, yeah. at some point, it's like 10, you know, 10 weeks later... Yeah. Um, I don't think that that's going to to happen. Mm. Um, but that would—I mean—that would, that that could be cool though. That could have been cool just to have like a time jump, do like a full-on end game with it. Oh with yeah, it, it could have um, it could have given opportunity to have things happen during the the downtime that are gradually revealed over the course of the year or something yeah, but yeah. I guess we'll have to wait yeah. and see because that's going to be end of July like 24th of July I think I read that the first post-lockdown episodes are going to be on yeah the turnaround's going to be crazy isn't it like that, yeah. that's that's got to be up there as like oh no that's almost that's as close to a live as you're going to get without doing one isn't it <laughs> basically it's pretty, it's, it's pretty intense for the editors god bless them yeah so um, tell me about some of the ways that you've been able to keep social distance whilst you're filming, because you're kind of doing bits to make it look like you're next to each other when you're not, aren't you? Yes. So I don't know if, I mean, I'm sure you have, but I don't know if the people here who are listening or, or watching have seen the the um, appendices to the Lord of the Rings films box sets mm. and how they 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 had a whole thing about the way that they could f work with perspective yeah um, by yeah. by maneuvering the camera around to make it look like people were shorter or taller basically yeah 
and you can use the similar uh, uh, camera moves and similar kind of tricks to make it look like people are closer or further away. Mm. Um, so that's that's one of them. So I could be, you know, fairly far away across the room, but the way in which the camera moves or the way in which a zoom is kind of combined with the move, I'm not entirely sure how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, it can make me look like I'm, you know, right next to them. Um, and then also just uh, you know, slight rewrites, slight um, uh, re-blocking of things. So there was a scene where I had the other day where it was supposed to be a kind of like um, um, a kind of walk and talk, like a West Wing style walk and talk. Yeah. Um, and so instead of that, because I mean, you could feasibly, because it was outside, so you feasibly you could do that in social distance, but it would just look really weird. Mm. Um, so what we did instead is we just we were in the uh, the community garden, sat on uh, uh, a pair of benches, and got got security Dave's big stick <laughs> and just made sure that we were um, uh, as far apart as we could be. Yeah. Um, and then the, you know the, there's other ways of doing it. Like you just you know just trying to you know uh, sort of rework a scene where. If you're you're doing something that feels like it calls for um, kind of some intimacy, just to kind of discuss it with you know the 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 other members of cast on set and just have a discussion about it, a way in which to maneuver around that mm. to give that kind of uh, sense of 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 you know wanting to to do that, but not perhaps being able to for whatever reason, mm. you know, because of the because we can't really address honor because of pandemic yeah. because obviously these people would be living together anyway so, right, right. You, like, you have had some scenes with georgia since you've been back as well this week haven't you speaking of intimacy yes yes i have yes oh, very briefly all too briefly unfortunately um but yes yes yeah, so yeah she she and i um uh, had a scene it was yesterday it was yesterday mm. um yeah and and yeah it's yeah it's always just so lovely to um be on set with her obviously because she's just so so brilliant nice. yeah so you'll, you'll be having your your veggie lasagna at opposite ends of one of those long dining tables now i imagine <laughs> yeah <laughs> like being in the beach yeah 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 <laughs> you can't yeah, in the middle <laughs> So without going into any specifics has the the lockdown meant any big changes in any of the stories that you're that that are upcoming for Imran as far as you know Um, not as far as I know you know um, because generally speaking I'm not really made aware of uh, stuff that's too far in advance anyway yeah Um, I I think if I was to um, you know stop beating some doors down they probably could uh, give me a bit more of an insight but stuff is so liable to change and and, and yeah. things like that so I, I try and, and because the volume of stuff that we get can be so high mm. um, I, I, I tend to try and focus more on the kind of what's immediately in front of me yeah um, but yeah so I don't I don't actually know if anything is uh, directly been affected uh, on my end I, I would, I'd be surprised if it hadn't, just in terms of what they are just capable of doing. Mm. You've got of, so know, much fewer, so fewer episodes than you would have had, because you're still keeping mm. with three for a long time. So I imagine everything's going to have to be quickened, or some bits dropped, or 
Yeah, I think, you know, because the, um, the framework that's been spoken about on, on this this show before about the way that you have an A storyline, a B storyline, a C storyline, mm. you'll kind of flip between the three of them and they'll get varying amounts of focus or you'll cut between one and the other. I think it'll be a case where that gets simplified. Yeah. Reduce the number of casts that's required. Just generally, I'm, I'm assuming because people, you know, there's a, a fairly large contingent of people who'd be considered, you know, in a fairly vulnerable category anyway. Mm. Um, so, I think I think the whole kind of structure of the thing is going to be simplified a lot. I think it's going to be streamlined, um, just as a way of well, because one, it means that there are fewer people there, yeah. so that re- reduces risk, and also what it means is that. Um, it, it it's just easier to shoot. It's easier to mm-hmm. uh, to keep getting through it because a, a way that the show kind of transitions from scene to scenes a lot is you'll have a couple, you know, just for as an example, you'll have a couple of people talking, walking along the street. So and so will pass by them. The camera will then go with them, and that'll lead you into storyline B. Yeah. And uh, so as a meeting, so just get rid of that storyline B. Uh, Completely, mm. and uh, and and then you can just have that one sort of through yeah. line, keeping it uh, more simple and more separate as mm. well. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, it's, it sounds to me the, like Corey know what they're doing. You're all safe, and uh, yeah, I mean, they, I think they've done a huge amount of work here. They really have. Yeah, honestly, it seems like it's very well organised, and and it could never be a perfect situation for, for knowing it. But it seems like they've definitely done as well as they possibly could given the circumstances yeah, which is what we're all doing isn't it in all walks of life well, we are, yeah, and, and I have to take my hat off to them because it's such a, a huge uh, beast of a thing of, of a show and, and there's so many people who are involved and there's so many moving parts and so, so to have uh, changed well not changed course but to have manoeuvred things around such you know choppy waters to kind of keep on with this shit metaphor um, and, and do so whilst uh, keeping everyone as safe as possible and really going beyond in that, in that respect actually yeah. it, it, it's, it's, it is really admirable and it does make us feel um, safe and, and valued as well like it, yeah. it's it, it, it's it, it's really good yeah mm. well yeah Coronation Street is the nation's treasure isn't it so you are part of that so I'm glad to hear you feeling valued we don't want to lose you off screen. <laughs> no, well, yeah. Especially with the sixtieth coming up. I know, I know. I've been curious about that, you know. I know. Like, um, because yeah, I mean, they're going to have to get, uh, you know, because the, the, some of the, the people who are at risk, actually, almost without, I, I don't think, with, I think without exception, are just, uh, you know, the, the most beloved people on the show, and mm. so they're they're, they're going to have to find a way to get Ken in. Like. Well, yeah, like, are they going to get Ken to do a Zoom call? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how. I, I, don't, I mean, they, they've managed to manoeuvre around all of this so far, so I'm sure yeah. um, making sure that, you know, all of those titans of the show, the Mount Rushmore of the show, um, I'm sure that getting them involved and making sure that they're a part of... Because uh, that's a pretty landmark episode, isn't it? Mm. Like that's 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 a big deal. Certainly. Yeah. So um, uh, and also yeah, because didn't I, correct me if I'm wrong? Because I didn't actually watch the the press conference that they did. But did they say they did say that it wasn't going to be live, didn't they? I think I think 
I don't know whether they said it in the press conference because I've, I've only seen snippets of that in the news as well. But I think Ian McLeod said three or four months ago that he, he didn't intend to do a live one. So well, I guess... in that case, there is, there is definitely, there are definitely ways to do it, I'm sure. Yeah. Like to make sure that it's a closed set and all that kind of thing. Yeah, they yeah. We, we trust them. That they, they've done all right they're so fine. far. Yeah. yeah, I've got sixty years of uh, of, uh, of experience exactly. to work with. Exactly. Exactly. Through this. All right, Charlie. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today to us no, to talk about pleasure. this. It's been great hearing firsthand how how it's been going and how safe it's been and everything. And uh, you're still smiling after your first week back. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, all is good. Cool. And, and you're back next week? Back in the studio? I am back next week. I am back next okay. week, yeah. I'm starting on some of the new stuff, I think. Exciting so stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll text you about that next week, then. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do that away from Mike. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Well, I'll leave you to it. Enjoy the rest of your evening, then. See you, Charlie. All right, thank Bye. you. Lots of love. See ya. Bye. Yeah, we're back. Thank you, Thank Charlie. You, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie, oh. for spending some of your Friday evening talking to little yes, old lovely. me. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I was really glad to hear. I'm not. I mean, I'm in no way surprised, of course, but no, I'm very glad to hear that everything is positive and and safe and and happy, and everyone's respecting the rules. And as difficult it is, I'm sure to go back to your workplace and see colleagues that you haven't seen for a long time, and you just want to you know, go and give them a big old slap, s- no oh, hug. Huh. Sorry, little little rubber their cheeks. Um, everyone's everyone's been very 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 good about it, and um, yeah, so it's all it's just as I say, fingers crossed that that this can carry on the way it's going. Yeah. So there was um, you, you talked about the social media video Crow put on um, on Wednesday. It was three minutes long. It was talking about what they're doing. Oh yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't mention that before, did I? I don't remember. It just it they, it dropped onto Twitter. There's a yeah three minute long video. Um, showing what it was like back, so some people so have seen this. So this is kind of adding to what we had said in our last standalone episode. So if you haven't heard what we said, this is just going to add to it, basically. Yeah. So they they showed um, pictures and this videos really of the corridors. I the sets. thought this was really interesting because this was me being able to see the things that I had researched that they'd done. So in the video, yeah. you could see the sets, the and, cohorts, and things that people had told us that had happened. So. Um, Jane and Georgia were the first through the doors and you could see the, the sort of the one-way system and the black and yellow tape on the floor. If you've gone to a shop um, in the UK in the past three months, you will recognise the two-metre mm. uh, black and yellow tape, which is everywhere. Mm. I've, um, even, I've got it in my corridors at school. Even. Yeah. Um, they, they've, they felt fine once they started filming and they'd all been kept up to date. And... Um, there's there's Dave which uh, um Charlie was talking about Dave with the with the stick. stick Dave the security guard everyone seems yeah. quite quite happy so it's really nice that they put that up to I so guess to reassure see. the fans yeah. to let them know everything's okay now you mentioned and I was just like oh yeah tell, show me more and more I, I was so excited to see that video you mentioned earlier that we had watched Emmerdale and we had also in our in our coronavirus update our last one we did talked about the fact that Emmerdale had come back and filmed lockdown so they're the first soap to in the uk to broadcast scenes that had been filmed after the return to to work yeah no we got an email about that from chris this week didn't we asking us whether we'd seen any of the emmerdale episodes because they're showing two a week so we watched yesterday's one or wednesday's one sorry 
and I've forgotten who the producer is, but I think it was him or her, or her him saying that people are going to be writing in to complain because the way they filmed it, they've done quite a good job of making it look like the characters are closer to each other than they are. And when we watched that episode of Emmerdale, you were saying, oh no, they're too close. They're definitely closer than two metres. And mm. I'm, I'm sure that there's no way that they are. They must be, they must have maintained that distance the entire time. But they've done it. They did a really good job of of not making it too obvious. Sometimes it was obvious, but it, it's how you would normally film a scene anyway. You know, with one person's head in in the shot, or yeah. people standing other each side of a table, or something like that. You know, not people don't stand next to each other all the time normally. Mm. But the fact that we watched that and we still thought, huh, they look quite close to each other, makes me think that Corey's going to do just as good of a job yeah. because I think that Emmerdale has been pioneering a lot of the techniques. Definitely, like, because they were running out of episodes TV. first, so they, 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 they kind of had to, didn't they, if they didn't want to go off the air? Well, we know that we know that um, they're rivals with Coronation Street, but also they're all ITV shows, and yeah. um, they will be sharing information and techniques. Mm. Just like with Neighbours, which was the first soap to return to filming, they're the ones that establish some of the things probably yeah. that are being used by other TV productions because everyone's got to learn from each other that's it's a it's a collaborative experience yeah to- yeah totally um I'm trying I can't remember the, the the name of the um you know the soap guy is it John something I can't remember he wasn't he the one that was on the um he was on he was on the rain so. last week yeah I've forgotten his name I've, I've written it down in my notes somewhere here but I can't find it. But John Whiston. That's what because he he does. He's the Cor- ITV's Corey and Emmerdale, isn't he? So. ITV's managing director for continuing drama. <laughs> did you did you kind of did you enjoy the Emmerdale episode? Did you were you did you I think? I didn't know it, what was going on, but we, it was we quite interesting. No, it had Aaron Dingle and uh, who was the other guy? Cat no, Kane. Whatever was he a dinkler? I can't remember. I don't know. But anyway, they, they were there in the house together, and it was just a, a two-hander, and it was very it was funny because it was like they kept talking about the girl that was upstairs. Oh yeah, with like, a she's turnip. never going to appear, and she was yeah had a turnip farm. It's like she's playing Animal Crossing. You're not going to see her all all year. <laughs> I thought it was some really great character stuff, and even though we we didn't know the context of what I was going know. on, what they were talking about, it's the sort of thing where I think if you were invested in those characters, if you were an Emmerdale fan. You would well, have really appreciated. Judge. Yeah, I'm sure it was great, but we can't say that was compelling drama because we've got no way of knowing what they were talking about. No, but it, it, I, I liked it because the, the, the way they did it, for anyone that hasn't watched it, they they show at the beginning day one and yeah, what these did. people are talking about. And like then they later, have their, yeah, and then they have day five, day, yeah. day 12 or whatever, and they're starting off as friends and then they have a falling out and then they, they're friends again are by the end of the... Are they friends or they boyfriend boyfriend? Or are they brothers, brothers and, maybe? I'll, Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. But they this they make I mean. up <laughs> by the end, and yeah, I I do love a Cory two hundred. There's only been a few of them, and I'm I'm kind of a bit been... sad that we don't get we won't it's get to see anything like that. It's sad that we don't like get this. to have it. But I I did like the idea that they told a, a single story in an episode, which never happens on Coronation Street. No, ever. this is the perfect opportunity. I'm guessing they've to show six handers. individual stories. Yeah, they've had two handers before, but they've never sort of told a story no that, that was but that that yeah. wasn't a so somebody story. i was talking to at school watched last week's emmerdale so the, the last one of the pre-covid ones and yeah. i was saying how how did it end did it did it just stop you got like hanging threads and 
She's like, oh, I can't remember if I watched it, actually. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. So I, I don't know how smooth the transition is between what they had filmed and this. So well, I, we're not going to know comment how, on much, that. how good it is until you get to the ones following this. Mm. But they've, they've neatly solved a problem that we still don't know how Corrie will tackle, which is to say, how are they going to bridge the gap between the episodes filmed pre and post coronavirus and how, if there, there is no gap... How will they explain the sudden appearance of a pandemic in in the show overnight, which has seemingly been in the country for months on end, mm. but they've only just noticed and reacted to? Which is no which is why we were advocating the use of a time jump as a story device in last week's podcast. And some of the news articles that came out during this week were saying there's going to be a time jump. Like the headline is. T- uh, in McLeod says time jump and I was looking at Ian's quotes and I was like he doesn't say there's going to be a time jump he he says um in a manner of speaking there he says what we faced was a tricky editorial conundrum really which means the unfinished episodes were written and mostly shot before the pandemic existed therefore there was no acknowledgement of the pandemic on the page so fair enough so the remaining scenes the ones we have had to complete when we return when we return this week will be shot in strict adherence to social distancing and and rules and measures will be put in place. So that's basically saying the stuff that they've been filming this week, which was picking up from where they had to leave off, obviously they're, they're not mentioning coronavirus, but they've still got to be Do, far apart. Yeah, so yeah. fair enough. One episode, which will be broadcast on the 24th of July, those are the first ones, I think, that have been written and designed after the pandemic hit. So we've still got to wait, you know, six, seven weeks or so until we see anything that's been written after the pandemic and he says it's just like a flip of the switch and it's, it's that particular phrase there that makes me think well he's they're says, going into a, a post-coronavirus world and it and there's not going to be that time jump and this is what i was talking to charlie a little bit about earlier um yeah and it, it, it i'm i'm still kind of feeling that they're not going to have a time jump and it's going to well, he said, so it will be like a day and night transition, really. We were agonising whether this was the right way to go. But I couldn't see any through it. And I think the audience understands the circumstances which relate to these episodes and they will go with it. There might be a few comments on Twitter about the continuity errors, which of course I understand, but there wasn't any other way of doing it. We've got a mature audience and they'll understand the world we live in. That, that's now, that the... makes me think there isn't going to be a time jump. And yeah. then suddenly Colson Smith's going to turn up with blonde hair and, and, and you know, and then, and then cut to... Cut to him talking in the scene later on and he'll have brown hair again. Uh, I, I, I wonder. Know. I do really wonder. And, and like I was saying with Charlie, it's, it would be impossible to do it in a perfect way. I don't, know, I don't know how. Emmerdale seems to have had a nice transition because clearly the, the residents of Emmerdale are... We're seeing what lockdown is like for them. And I think COVID Emmerdale's definitely done it happens. perfectly, but they can't all do the same thing. They can't all do the they same thing, but I still wonder other. whether there was a an awkward transition between last week's Emmerdale's and this week's Emmerdale's. But what they can at least do is make sure that the ones post-lockdown come smoothly from the during lockdown episodes, if you know what I mean. I want John Whiston to write a book after all this is over about how he's managed... And what I want to know, what stories got dropped? I want to know what other ideas they had. I want to know, um, yeah, I just would, I, I want to know everything. Tell mm. me everything, John. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, they're, they're still going to be filming like six weeks ahead, it feels like, which it still to me thinks that seems like it's a little bit, 
you, you can't judge what the world's going to be like in six weeks' time with the way that the lockdown is being eased and everything, but whatever. Well, they're still not going to be showing six episodes a week until the autumn, they reckon. That's, that's the plan at the moment, which is fine. I'll, I'll let them... I will allow them to do three but episodes as long the as they is, feel they need to. I don't think they're building up um, I a, think, a back uh, a back. I think catalog that they because I don't think they can. Well, they, he, they, they don't have enough time. Winston said, "We'll get up to six as soon as we can. We'll start producing more and build a buffer." Yeah. The fear is a second lockdown where we'd have to close again, so we don't want to outright say. So they're yeah, making okay. more than three a week. But, as long as they're making more than three a week, that's the only thing I'm I was worried about because. Yeah. If they if you make three a three a week and then you get shut down again, what the heck's gonna happen? Mm. But the thing about if they get the thing is if they do get shut down again, the only the silver lining is they are prepared for it this time. Yeah. And they um, they they know they know how to get back to it, and and they can they they're probably in the back of their minds thinking what's mm. if if we get shut down again, how are we gonna resolve this? And I will say though, if if they get shut down again. Whatever plans they have for the sixtieth are just out the window because yeah. they've already had to change I've some got, things. Said. Yeah, we'll come back we're, to the sixtieth in a bit. Um, yeah, so we 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 got to wait really until July the twenty fourth to find out whether they got this time jump or not. Unless or maybe, they decide to, unless tell, they us decide to tell us before then. Because but I I think they think they've told us, but they haven't actually. Yeah, yeah. Literally, I want to know: is it going to say two months later? And it's feeling to me that it's not. But people on the internet, I've read people commenting saying, "Oh, they're going to have a time jump." Because it's the the message isn't as clear as it might be, and I don't well, know that they're in a manner being... of speaking doesn't unless unless we do it from like Ollie's perspective and he just goes into a coma <laughs> and then he wakes up again and we see Leanne go hello. Mate, well, he's not going to be You've waking up so again much, because Ollie. Ollie's Ollie's not going to be in it, is he? He's definitely no, um, he's not going to be, be included in the Ollie Wobbles story. I can't, I've he, written just that because children aren't allowed. If you didn't yeah, because they've got our, their chaperones. And if everything, you didn't listen to they? our previous Corona virus podcast and for some reason you're listening to this um that they, older and younger cast members in order to be protected are not going to be on mm, set for a while they, they do have some vault footage they call it of the actor who plays oliver so they might show some, a, bit, a, a bit like they did with shoni you know when they when they inserted yeah. the, the the picture of the, the, the video of her in the hospital bed earlier this year long after jules had gone off on a maternity leave so there'll be a little bit of this but mainly and and Somebody, I can't remember who it was that said the quote, said, well, this is really oh, not really a story do... about Ollie. It's about the adults and how they cope with it. So we, we can get by. They're going to do to Ollie what they did to, uh, had to do with Wesley Snipes, I think. It was in Blade, where he was such a diva on set. He was such a dick to everybody. There was a scene where he was lying on the floor and he refused to open his eyes, which he had to do. And he just kept his eyes closed because he was just being so difficult. <laughs> and so they had to see G eyes opening on the top of his That's funny. eyes. And this was back when CG was not really good enough to do mm. that. So he's going to pull a diva Wesley Snipes. Maybe they're going to have an ollygram. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> get um, out, get out. So what else we, we do we know? We know that they're not going to have any on-location filming. Well, they don't do loads already, so I don't know whether that's going to be a massive loss. Although they have said that there are some places... They gave the hypothetical example of if we needed to use a courtroom, for example, not saying that they will need to use a courtroom, but if we did, then we'll just have to knock one up quickly. I, I don't know how well that's going to work. But the thing is, I think people are just going to be forgiving, aren't they? Well, we'll, probably, we'll probably think we're very You're clever and point things dick. out, and I, I probably will be a bit nitpicky, but my heart's in the right place. Um, 
We know. They, that... Do they say anything else? Like, just just say we just say we were going to have um, a siege take place at a really famous um, um, f- chicken um, establishment. Just say, for example, we'd be able to do that inside the studios because we already have the Nando's. Oh. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> um, what else is there? We know that. Um, that the filming units have been divided into four coloured groups um, so that so everybody is in their little bubbles. Although an interesting little fact that I found was that they the colours that they've included aren't red and blue because of um, football tribalisms. Oh, goodness like The Man United fans wouldn't me. want to be put in the blue group, for example. What colours have they got then? Um, they haven't said. Are they said. like weird, like peach... Navy blue. I, I haven't read any articles which have said which colours they've gone for. Um, Parsley green. Apparently the crews are going down from 30 to 40 crew per scene down to there being just 12 to 15 people on set. That includes Beige. cast. Maybe <laughs> it's one of those. Beige, um, mint, peach and parsley. Is parsley a colour now? It is now. <laughs> a shade of green. We live in a new world. Um where COVID's concerned, they're still um, saying that there's going to be light touch on references to it. So there's not going to be a Can load of say, coronavirus stories, although maybe there will be later on. Because we're all over it now. We don't care. We, we, we don't want to hear about it. We're sick of it. We live through it. There's, I, I know that people have, have done stuff in lockdown and produced plays and, and TV shorts and things. I don't think anyone's interested particularly in in anything heavy about this right now there's time for this to, i'm sure that there'll be some great art produced about this and there'll be some really interesting tv shows and maybe movies but nobody wants to watch them right now I, that's oh, how i, I do i think there's, I don't there's, care there's still now. an audience out there for it i'm oh. not interested in 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 it i wouldn't mind the fact I, we've I, lived it it just feels to me still like i said before that if if you're going to light touch it then you might as well not do it at all but I don't that's know. what I mean I, though they're, they're living in a world that hasn't really hasn't really had it, it very it's badly, so, it's so difficult. which is a lot of people's experiences a lot of people don't know anyone who had it mm-hmm. um, we know that the stories are going to be the same on the whole there's the, the Britain's Got Talent story that was supposed to well, it would have been aired just recently actually that's been completely delayed to the end of the year now apparently that's not the Gary Windass story so I don't know I wonder which story that's going to be. I'm I'm starting to think maybe it was the Ray stuff, possibly, that was going to peak in right, May. Right, right. So maybe that's going to be yeah, pushed. And, and where it says delayed until later in the year, to me that means they're going to put the Britain's Got Talent week stuff to maybe a Super Soap week in October or the Christmas one. Um, the over-70s, when I mean, we've, we've known that they're not going to be able to come back, but they have reconfirmed um, again that there's hopefully going to be plans put in place for them to appear via zoom calls or whatever and they can work it'll be record audio <laughs> yeah it'll be referred to the fact that oh you know ken's up self-isolating upstairs or something um or um although they've, they've gone off somewhere so we'll we'll hear about them um or we'll just assume they're up listening to their tapes or something um and as for the 60th is this spoilers I what? think this is a bit spoilery, so you might not want to listen to this if you want to completely not know anything. I d- I d- it is I d- it's spoilery in that it says that there's what's not going to happen, yeah. which is that there's not going to be an epic stunt because they needed to start constructing things. And I was wondering whether that was anything to do with the new building work that's going to be also partly used for the new tours up in Media City. But This just really bothered me. I hated to read this so much. There's still 
being very, very positive about the 60th anniversary, and I'm sure we'll still enjoy it, but for those people like us that do love a good explosive stunt on Coronation Street, um, I'm we're not, not going to get it this year. I'm not going to apologise for it either, because I that in, everybody likes different things. I really like the big epic stunts, and I think that they would have more budget for a 60th anniversary stunt than they would do for just a yearly one. Oh, they would, but so, then... So, if they so we're never going to get to see what that was and that really i think that's really sad but they might push it through to next year they might they might do but i don't the money see, in the depends, pot put it for yeah, britain's got talent but we're not going to see what it was going to be and whatever storyline that goes with is not going to have that stunt now i guess i guess and um, i have a lot of faith i had a lot of faith in cory to be able to produce something that was going to be really amazing um it's and, also and really the fact- honestly the, the next time i think that it's going to be justified is going to be the 75th anniversary because the 70th is cool but if you drop uh, you know if you're, if you're looking forward into the future you're going to say well let's, let's hold know, it a bit we're going to hold it in a bit because people yeah. are going to get mad if there's another one in five years and 75 is a significant number so whatever they were planning maybe 15 years time we'll say what you're saying if it's still on <laughs> which i'm sure it will i'm be. sure it will be um yeah, so that that's a shame, but I mean, it, all, there's also the fact to consider that could it have ever lived up to the tram crash of the fiftieth anniversary, which was the, we'll know. the stunt the of all stunts. I, this is what this is it, right? This is me. I hate not knowing things. If you ever tell me that you've got a secret, you're not going to tell me. I will just spend my whole time mm-hmm. getting mad about it and trying to find it out. Don't even tell me. Don't, I don't even want to know about it. It's also the fact that Ian McLeod is a bit of a stunt master, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. I mean, he, he they got a bit of a reputation for that at Emmerdale. Maybe he was so. going to blow up the ring road. Maybe. Finally, somebody did it. Maybe. Um, they've said that they may do a Christmas bubble episode if, for whatever reason, they have to go on lockdown. So they're, they're, still, they're still planning kind of ahead for what could happen. But as with everything in this world at the moment, we just don't really know. No. Um, are you going to read this out or do you think that's a spoiler? Um, oh, they've said that there's um, going to be a because, human... Because they haven't got the stunt, they're, they're trying to blockade us with other things. So okay, A says, huge they don't have human this... interest story, which yeah. emerges from something on screen now, which I don't... I haven't put a huge amount of thought into Is it, it about reusable cups? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I told you, was it last year I said you did, that you there's going to be environmental tourism? I I trust them to do a good job. Honestly, I do. They 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 know. We know. They know that they've got to do a good job from the sixtieth and Coronation Street. I'm sure will step up to the plate and deliver. And well, and some of the character based stuff is really great. And people are saying if Corey's too plot driven at the moment, then maybe the the fact that they are being forced in some ways to make it character driven. I'm kind of looking forward to that. There there was another um type of story um said that that's going to happen but we won't mention that because of spoilers um and i wasn't too enthused about that to be honest no nope, but um not at all. anyway it's it's on the whole i was very excited to read this news i'm really happy to see the pictures and the videos and everything i'm glad to see that everybody's happy and safe and positive and cory's done a fantastic job of making it work they want to keep it on air it's in their interest to keep it on air especially with keep that ad money rolling in um and and yeah, Charlie certainly seemed to 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 agree that, that they're all, doing a good job and yeah. it was all fine. So um I think that people pull together, don't they? Yeah. There's been a lot of upset and sadness and <clears throat> people feeling isolated from one another 
and it's nice to look at a group of people like the Corrie team and feel that there's a sense of unity and shared purpose, which is what we all really, at the end of the day, want. Yeah. Whether or not we can agree on what that is, <laughs> is the problem. So I'm, I'm guessing that as the weeks go on, other little bits of news maybe you know dripped to us about how it's how it's going to be but as yeah just I just leave it really now would as... like them to say oh yeah sorry we are doing a time jump or <laughs> no 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 you misunderstood me we're not doing a time jump or because it's not like I don't can, know whether can I can do, like... contain I don't know whether I can bear to wait five six seven weeks to find out it's and then like be disappointed little, it's it you can't half-heartedly do it it's like being pregnant you're not a little bit pregnant you either are or you aren't you either do a time jump or you don't you can't have half a, the characters living shuffle. two months in the future and the other half living in the past <laughs> maybe they're gonna have a quantum leap I, I, it doesn't feel to me like they're gonna happen but I where's ziggy right um i think that i think that will do for the cabin we had a plenty enough discussion yeah. about that so for now um, let's finish off with a bit of feedback. Okay. Feedback time before we finish this. Um, feels like it's an extra long podcast, although I suppose the street talk section was a bit short, so who knows. Um, and so thank you everybody, as always, for scoring last week's Coronation Street. 3.675 was the average score on our Facebook group last week. I know, I know, I didn't want to round it because it was three decimal places and I thought I might as well just you know go the Why whole hog and say it all. Abby gave it four cans of WD-40 for the gears spinning in Sally's head. I quite like that one. Pat rated it four horror films from the Sevs, you know, like Carrie. And Chad, um, that was my winner of the week, he gave it, this is for you, Gemma. Three, Oak Hill for you, kids. That could bail out Greece. Uh, funny, it's that simple, <laughs> says, says the Greeks. Nicole um, wrote to us this week and said that she's just watched the episode where Ed stands up to Don at the bistro opening. The whole episode, she says, was very powerful and so timely with what's going on in the world right now. I, 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 complete, I didn't forget about this happening, but I think I thought, oh, if only the Ed stuff had happened a little bit later and it would have no. meshed in with what... And, and now because it's being shown in Canada and other parts of the world. I just think this is very... Um, this is really interesting, but it would have been a bit... It would have felt a bit strange if it had aired now. Because as we all know, at the moment, there are protests across the globe about George Floyd, police brutality, systematic racism, and people are opening up about their experiences and talking about it. And um, I thought that the Bailey storyline was really powerful... And also, um, because it was coinciding with Stephen Lawrence Day, and I don't think that we did a very good job of talking about what Stephen Lawrence Day was at the time, and I, I apologise for that, because I put you on the spot and asked you, <laughs> and you weren't prepared to give a very comprehensive answer. You're not going to put me on the spot again now, are you? I'm not going to. What I'm going to do is say, if you want to hear more about what what's happened with Stephen Lawrence and why it's such a big deal and really important in the UK... Um, you should listen to a podcast called You've Heard of It, My Favourite Murder. They recently covered the Stephen, Stephen Lawrence murder on that podcast. And to you listen to it and you'll hear um, what, what an important part of addressing systematic racism in the UK that particular case was. And obviously we know we're still not at a stage where we're, you know, we're happy with what the way things are but um it was really um uh, i think um i I feel like we should have spoken more about about it so i i apologize about that but um 
I think it's, yeah, it's really interesting because obviously what Ed went through and Michael is nothing compared to what happened to George Floyd, but they're both the same experience, aren't yeah. they? They're, they're, they're all part of the same thing mm-hmm. and it shouldn't, it shouldn't happen to anybody, even if it's just somebody saying, I mean, that's, that's bad enough, you know? I, I think, um, and it was very, it's very interesting doesn't it kind of make you feel that there's something in the global unconscious that this kind of came out at the same time? Mm. It's not a coincidence that the fact that this got addressed at the same time as everything bubbled up. Yeah, yeah. Don't usually get woo-woo on the podcast, but I think <laughs> I think it's it goes to show, doesn't it? And we've all got to do better. Mm. Anyway, sorry, um, Nicole. Yeah, Nicole says that she's glad that Corey um, followed it through with the conversations in the pub afterwards. It wasn't just um, Ed standing up to Don in the bistro. She says, I think it could have been seen as a bit lectury, but honestly, I think we all need to have a bit of a lecturing quite right now, especially to reflect and listen and change. Um, as in, how can I transition from being a non-racist to being an anti-racist? Uh, and they did a marvellous job of linking it to homophobia and Egg's difficulty with accepting James. Ed, not Egg. Ed's difficulty with accepting that James. That new character, Egg. That final it? scene had me in tears. Yeah. Oh, good review. I, I'm really glad that it holds up, Nicole, even viewing it In the now. middle of all this. And doesn't it show you how quickly the world changes? We were talking about coronavirus and how you don't know what's going to happen. Same with this. Yeah. This yeah. is, you know... You never would have guessed, like three weeks ago or so that you know the world will be standing up to racism quite so powerfully as they are now the protests you go you you go ahead Gemma what has Rebecca got to say about last week's curry first great to see the Yasmin story back in the spotlight especially now that Sally seems to be seeing past Jeff's lies love her scene with Alia in the Rovers and her telling Tim about the escorts I think Tim and Sally will disagree, but nothing major to break down their marriage. I'm also on Alia's side about Sally telling Tim about the escorts. However, I do believe there is a little bit of glimmer of hope that Yasmin is believing Alia and hope that she will find the strength to plead not guilty. Looking forward to more from the story this week. Shona's brain injury is understandable that she might change her personality slightly. An example of this would be Nick. However, every time she laughs at something she shouldn't laugh at, i.e. Haley's cancer, it's slightly jarring. <laughs> I'm glad she's stopping with Roy and like Roy and David's scenes in the cafe. Really loved Asher this week and could see a lot of Sunita in her. Oh, that's nice. Hmm. I'm also glad they're keeping the Asher and Nina friendship going and I like Asher confronting Corey, although I hope his pleading doesn't mean she takes him back. Yeah, you said that, that she There's was something still going thinking on she might there. do. Also enjoying... Really shouldn't. Well, the nobody... fact that she, the fact that she came across last week is so you know, powerful, and she was I've uh, this that's been holding me back and um, all this time, and now I, I don't care about it. I'm going to put you in your place, Corey. It's going to feel like she's going back on on all that, and Listen, it's like it's for nothing. Not every teenage girl is as wise and clever as Queen Amidala from the Star Wars prequel trilogy. I don't get that reference. No. Carry on. Um, I don't know where I am now. Um, you're just saying it, you should enjoy it. Adi in his comments towards Asher agrees, Michael, the story seems to have put a line underneath it for now. On to the small, smaller stories, and I agree with Adam and Imran, sniffing around the Gary story will be brought back. I liked Summer explained to Kelly about who Imran's sister was. Still think Bernie might make a play for Dev, as she said again she fancied her, although I still don't buy her friendship with Kathy. 
When James get, getting packed with another lad while on holiday might be a nice way to get back into the James story again. Character of the week is Asha, although Sally was a close second, and I give it four Eileen's and antennae twitching out of five. <laughs> Thank you, Rebecca. Nancy also wrote to us this week. She said that the podcast was beautiful last week. Oh, I love the you. discussion, says Nancy, about the Shona storyline, but I do wonder where Carla's going to live now that Shona is going to be moving in with Roy. I think is she Carla lives not... in the Rovers. She's living in the Rovers at the moment, but surely Jenny and Johnny's um, sejour in France is going to come to a grinding halt. There's only so much cheese you can buy. Once coronavirus uh, shows up. Is that, it, uh, does, it does make sense that they got stuck in France because of the coronavirus. Fabia, I don't know. Um, Well, literally, me and you went for a walk this week along the seafront and saw one of the final cruise ships coming home to dock. Mm, mm. And they've been out in, in the sea for months. Yeah. Um, I like David this week too. I'm glad Craig's going to be a proper copper now. But yeah. I did think it was strange how he couldn't remember Ryan's name. <laughs> I love the way Sally said to Craig, call us by our first names. Um, I feel sorry for Billyanne trying to go it alone. I thought it was different to have a scene between Kirk and Paul. That did we talk about? We did talk about that, didn't we? That strange Kirk and Paul scene, which didn't really go anywhere, and maybe was. It, it felt like some people were saying, "Oh, this out. is." It did, but it also some people were looking. Um, Posted about it online distancing. and said it was social distance, so I don't know. There it was isn't. also there was also it some isn't. no okay, but there was also some funny bits which we didn't oh, even if mention. It was beforehand, it might have been. Yeah, um, there was some funny bits with Kirk. Was Sean there as well? I can't remember in the factory in the Rovers today that didn't seem to be about anything. Oh yeah, Toya was in the factory today. Yeah. And you were like, what's, what's her job? Is she working there now? I'd forgotten. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Just, Marketing. The other thing that we remember. didn't mention in the cabin about coronavirus is obviously, I've just realised being thick, that there are going to be socially distanced scenes that will appear that were filmed right before the lockdown started. So I think they started doing it a couple of weeks before they shut down, or maybe even just a week before. Yeah. And I don't know whether they will use any of those scenes, but they definitely filmed some. I'm sure they some. will. I'm they sure definitely they filmed will. some. Yeah. Uh, back to Nancy. She says, she hoped that Alia somehow convinces Yasmin to plead innocent. Yes, she does. Um, I've enjoyed the Jeff and Yasmin story. I know some people stopped watching it when it was going on. Mm. Now that Yasmin stabbed Jeff, some people have started watching Corrie again. <laughs> <laughs> those fickle people. I know that Trafford Domestic Abuse Service has received a lot of calls since the storyline started. Um, I was on Instagram Live there on and asked the question... Oh, that's interesting. I do wonder if they will find the camera after all. I think that camera's gone now. Isn't it? In the bin, in the tip. Crushed, mm. probably. Um, I wonder if Dev will still need to... Will, uh, will need to borrow money. I don't think that he would sell to Ray, though. I, I think he might have... Um, he still could find himself with no choice. We talked about that theory last week. Well, he could, he could basically mortgage his house and then be in a position whereby he has no choice. Mm. But to vacate the premises, like what happened kind of with um, Kevin. Mm, maybe. You know, where he, he doesn't realise the ramifications of what he's doing, gets the money, and then Ray's like, great, move out. Yeah, yeah. Um, character of the week, um, Nancy gave to Asha. She says she loved Sally and Alia. Sally. Sally and Alia. I think that Sally will be the one to solve this case. Loved McBangs. I was hoping that she would ask Jeff more questions, though. <laughs> I think we've seen the end of Fringe McBangs. Thank you very much, Nancy, for that one. Um, this next comment from Emma Gemma. I oh, this was, was copied funny. from the Facebook group. I just wanted to include this in because it made me laugh when I said it. Go on. 
Um, she says, uh, Emma says, during lockdown, I have usually been listening to the podcast while running, and I have a running buddy, so I am having to be sociable. Oh, sorry, Emma. And lose the headphones, and therefore very far behind. Decided to try listening at 1.5 speed during doing the dishes tonight. You guys seem super aggressive. Gemma's but, aggressive anyway, normal speed. But I've got through a lot, and it has the weird effect of making me feel like I've got through the dishes quicker too. Every cloud. <laughs> that, this is hilarious. I wonder if there's many other listeners that listen to us in... in you know, double speed or one half speed or whatever. I have got myself into the habit now. I always watch YouTube videos on 1.5 or 2 times speed. Because a lot of the ones I like to watch at the moment are Korean um, housewives preparing dinner and cleaning their house. And I absolutely love it. I can watch them all night long. I, but don't, I don't get that. I, oh, it's addictive. Um, but... The other thing, I, I listen to quite a lot of opinion pieces and it's funny to see how slow a lot of people speak, how slowly they speak, and you can actually speed up a lot of people and they sound complete, completely intelligible, even mm. if they do sound a bit scary. And it, is, it kind of makes you wonder, does that make you a bit more eloquent if, you're, if you sound... Or, or are you talking too slowly? But I thought that was really funny, Emma. I'm sorry if I sound aggressive. I, I am aggressive. Yeah, so aggressive in your opinions. Not, yeah. I'm going to read Fangirl Overload 123's comments now, who says that Monday's scenes of Yasmin and Alia were the best Coronation Street has had for a few weeks. I wonder if Dev will have to go to... I say, she says it. I wonder if Dev will have to go to Sharon or Gary for money now. Uh-huh. And if Adam will have an affair with Kelly's mum. Do you think it could go that way? Do you think Adam might, might kind of... Forget that he's just pretending that he's not married to Sarah? Yeah, again, the irony of him doing this because Gary tried to steal the woman he's now mm. married to. I mean, a lot of the viewers seem to have forgotten that he's that those two are married. I'm, and I'm not surprised because they haven't actually done anything together since they've been married. So I, maybe Adam's going to forget as well. I think that he might try to seduce her but, but stop himself but then it gets himself into a position where he has to like kiss her or something otherwise he's not going to be able to get the information mm. she'll start to suspect maybe well we i mean see. it's a soap michael yeah kissing <laughs> does go on but not for long get all your kissing in get now the cling film out yeah um <laughs> the, this this continues the carla story feels similar to the one with johnny Father and daughter both have a mysterious stranger show up who somehow knows them. That being said, I wonder if the mentions of her mum mean it has something to do with her. I also think the next stage of Ollie's story will be Leanne causing more problems by being overprotective. And I love the Fred Elliott shout-out, see? We hated the Fred Elliott shout-out. We saw lots of people saying it was really weird, but Fangirl Overload123 loved it. Character of the week for her was Sally for seeing through Jeff. And I give it three bad nun puns out of five. (laughs) Nun puns. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, Finally. Joseph. I'm so glad Corey resumed filming this past week. It was really interesting seeing that vlog and how filming underwent and that they'd still mention the virus in the show but not heavily focus on it. Now on to my thoughts on Corey. I'm so glad Yasmin, last minute, decided to plead not guilty. It's also amazing how Sally is still not letting go with her gut feelings towards Jeff. She is seeing right through that awful old man. <laughs> um, there's a book called The Gift of Fear which is applicable to this situation, which people might like to read, which is about how you go with your gut instinct because mm. your brain picks up on things that your your conscious mind doesn't necessarily process, but your subconscious mind does. So there you go. I don't think it's very subconscious what, um, what uh, Sally's picking <laughs> up on. Um, uh, she, he says, the Gary storyline, I feel, is more dragged on than any other storyline currently on the show. See, that's what I said as well. Like, is. who cares? He, he asks. Yes. 
I really, really Michael want to care, it. especially as I know that this is a big one and it feels like it's going to come to a head in the 60s, so I really want to be invested in I this. I feel it's magnanimous just... and like I'm indulging them and um, I hope to be rewarded mm. for my loyalty for this. <laughs> um, as Kelly's mum, I'd have one eyebrow raised questioning why this random ginger is all concerned about my daughter and with me. We should score I this think... out of random gingers out of five. What's her name? Laura. I think Laura just wants to score. She didn't carry it with. She's out for anybody. <laughs> Joseph says, I cannot believe Michael won to be one of the ten people to do a quiz of the conservatory. If I was in your shoes, I'd be crapping in my pants. How are, you, how are your pants? Dry. It's fine. Do you mean trousers or pants? Underpants? I suppose eventually both, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> there might be some seepage. <laughs> Just wanted to say a big good luck and hopefully you'll be able to talk a little bit about that experience. We'd, I don't think we will be. I don't know. Thank I really you, don't Joseph. know. We still haven't had those terms and conditions we've, come through, We've been we? told some things which makes me think that there will be not... I'll have to see. I'll have to It'd see nice what I can talk about. I, don't th- I think they're worried that... I think they have to give you these terms and conditions because they're worried that... Um, they're worried, you know, if something goes wrong... Yeah. But I can't see, it's not like anybody's gonna... Nobody's gonna disgrace themselves. Is somebody gonna flash us? Or you, <laughs> I'm not gonna be there. Um, right. It's probably yeah. I don't even know how to say that, but we haven't, I haven't signed anything. Thank so I you can say what for I like. the good luck wishes <laughs> and Joseph and everybody else who, who got very excited on our Facebook yes. group when I dropped that bombshell and like that you was say, happening this um, week. If we can tell you, we will. We absolutely will. And if we never mention it again... You, you know, know why. <laughs> you know that Michael flashed. Helen Worth. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it Helen Worth last week? It was Helen Worth getting drunk on the Zoom quiz that I mentioned. Um, because she's the loveliest one and she would never do such a thing. Right. And she's like the most glamorous... In real life, she's the most glamorous one I've seen. She is Bear in down. mind, though, it was at the awards and I've never seen her anywhere else. <laughs> so she was dolled up, but she looked fabulous. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's podcast. If you have got any feedback that you'd like to send in... Email it across to conversationstreet at gmail.com or you can go to Instagram, send us a message there like fangirlovaload123 likes to do. You can tweet at us. Um, you can join our Facebook group and post messages there. You can leave comments on YouTube and um, you can... That's about it. You can contact us on Patreon as well if you're a patron. This week's YouTube upload was um, the issues-based stories um, (laughs) discussion that we had from episode 383 because I thought it was quite timely at the moment because they're still going on left, right and centre. Corey has still got issues, so yeah, I've put that up there. (laughs) We haven't had any reviews on iTunes for a little while, so if you're thinking about it, we'd love it. We'd be your best friend if you would. Was it April, was it? Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> Think of all the hard work we do. <laughs> um, yeah, and that, I don't do there anything. you go again. Thank you very much. Thank you very much to Charlie for coming on to the Thank podcast. Thank you, Charlie. Lovely to speak to you and to see you. Thank you and, to um, everyone And as I say, listening. if all goes well, you should be able to see a video of that interview um, on YouTube at some point in the next week, whenever I get around to uploading it and, and making it available for the public. I hope Emma... Um, managed to hear everything that we said because I thought at the beginning of the show I spoke very quickly so perhaps I was completely couldn't, couldn't understand a word I was saying if you're listening to it on 1.5 <laughs> don't worry about it why don't you try it. listening to it on half speed and then you get double the fun <laughs> <laughs> 
or try listening to the bits that we upload onto YouTube and put the subtitles on because that's also quite fun trying to find the, uh, oh, yeah. the automatically generated subtitles. Some, some very strange things according to the subtitles yeah. but no stranger than what we're actually saying I suppose. Is that it? That is so. it but we need to go and record our middle section our bonus podcast which usually we've recorded by now haven't we but the, the, the planets have not aligned busy. this week but I'm very much looking forward to talking about Corey's best bad guys so with that we'll yes. leave you for the main podcast and um, bid you good uh, farewell and say good, good farewell enjoy the rest of your week yeah. ta for now the music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com oh, oh, oh.